0: Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, February 9th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, here we are. Thursday night show, big Thursday night show. Um <clears throat> everyone, welcome. Come on into the room. Come on to the classroom. Come on into my classroom. Where's my chalkboard? Oh boy. Do you remember, remember classrooms with chalkboards and you people would run their fingernails over that? Even that chalk when you'd go and As a kid and write on a chalkboard and you smell that chalk. Was that, is that actually good for your lungs to smell, to constantly have that? I don't know why I'm getting into this, but I'm just thinking about that for, for a second there. The idea of constantly, how many times as a kid did I go up and write on the, on the chalkboard with those pieces of chalk, those white pieces of chalk that would get all over your, and the, and you'd smell it, right? You could smell that chalky thing. Ugh. Who know? Who knows how many things we did when we were kids? just did without thinking that we're not really healthy things that just aren't really healthy now the people everything now right everything that oh, oh things that we thought were okay can kill you watch out i was just reading a, um, an article the other day it was about doritos it was it was a, we recently had white would you say there we recently had white boards yes yes white boards well it's different now because i had taken a few college classes fairly recently over the last couple of years um and they now they use like the markers right i don't know if they're doing that like in elementary school or junior high school but they use markers now and they have special erasers to take the marker off maybe they did find out that that chalk wasn't very wasn't very healthy to breathe that in all the time but anyway i was reading some article about doritos and how the 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 coloring in the doritos can cause cancer i i love doritos I go to I go to Costco and I buy those big boxes of like sixty, you know, those mini packages of Doritos and stuff and I eat them constantly. And now forget it. Now I'm not gonna eat another Dorito the rest of my life. That's it. There's not you really can't have any fun anymore, right? They want to take away everything everything we thought or everything we that gives us pleasure, they wanna take away. Cigar smoking, you can't smoke cigars anymore, right? Uh Doritos, I can't eat Doritos anymore, you can't eat meat anymore. You know, you can't forget them Now they want to make the lobster. People go out there and catch the lobsters. They want to make that illegal. You can't go. They're not going to have anything that's pleasurable. Everything that's pleasurable, it seems like they want to take away from us. Everything that's not pleasurable is out there, right? That seems to be the game. It seems to be the game they're playing. If, if you like doing it, we're going to take it away from you. Anyway, I, I did want to talk about something that, There's someone uh, close to me in my life, I'm not going to say if it's a family member or a friend, I don't want to get too personal with that, who has been going through over the last several years um, treatment for cancer, multiple myeloma. Now, if anyone knows about multiple myeloma, it's a cancer that is not curable. You can't cure it, but it's incredibly treatable. It's one of the most treatable cancers, multiple myeloma. It still kills people, but many, many people who get it, the majority... Can end up living, you know, well into their seventies, eighties and beyond. I believe Dave Winfield is some, is one, is one popular athlete who has had multiple myeloma for a long time now. Um, but anyway, the treatment's been working fine. And it's, I guess, I I didn't get the the specifics, but it's a certain treatment. Like it's like an intravenous treatment. It's like a chemo, but it's not really chemo, but it's a treatment which has worked for this person. It's been very effective. And so his doctor calls him and says we have to put this treatment on hold and he's he's really upset about it and he wonders why you know he has to keep this uh, Well, yeah it, 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 no, thank you thank you Andrew but it's it, the, 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 uh, why he's got to keep this treatment on hold why he can't why he can continue with it and they say the doctor says well the FDA has now decided that this particular treatment is not working well in new patients in other words I guess a certain percentage of new patients that are getting this treatment. that's not having any effect on them. It's not, it's not helping their situation. So the FDA is now saying no more of this, but for him, it's been working fine. He's not a new patient. He's been doing this for two or three years now. So for him, it's been working. And yet, because in new patients, the FDA says this is not working. This is not working. He has to, stop the treatment. Now, this doctor says, well, it's a red tape thing. They have to go through the FDA. They have to tell him he's not a new patient. He's been doing it for three years and it's working fine. So he'll be able to keep using it, hopefully, but there might be a four to six week gap. This is the ridiculousness of the FDA. This is why, as I've said many times, the left loves to talk about defunding and dismantling and disassociating the police. Of course, total bullshit. But what really needs to be totally dismantled and built back up from the ground up of the FDA and the CDC, the NIH, all these places, the next president needs to destroy them all, break them all up, and rebuild. This is the bullshit of the FDA. We have a treatment, which obviously for this one person I know has worked, which means it's probably worked. If I know a person personally who this has worked for, you know it's worked for thousands of other people. But because the FDA has decided that in new patients, whatever new means, I don't know, new means the last month, the last year of getting cancer. I don't know. that It's not working in enough people. They have, they have gotten rid of it to the point where people who it's worked for now have to go through this red tape in order to continue their treatment, which has been working. Yet, the FDA has not said one thing about a COVID vaccine that does not stop the spread of the disease it's meant to stop the spread of. Have they ended COVID vaccinations? Has the FDA said COVID vaccines are off the table? No one else can get a COVID vaccine? Of course not. Of course not. So a treatment which has worked for people, the FDA is saying, no, no, no more for, no more of that. Yet a vaccine that we have known for two years does not stop the spread. And people who have gotten this vaccine have gotten COVID two, three, ten times. That's fine. Keep the COVID vaccine going into arms of everyone from six months old to 100 years old. This shows what bullshit the FDA is, how they can be bought and sold. How the things that make the most money can continue on. The things that make the most money for big pharma can continue on regardless. They're effective, safe. It doesn't matter. These people are bought and sold. They're whores. So the next president needs to come and destroy the whorehouse. Destroy the whorehouse known as the FDA or the CDC or the NIH and rebuild if they believe they need to rebuild it. Or sometimes these three-letter things need to go away. They just go away. We don't need them. They were built by a government agency that just likes to build things that cost money, make a, 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 a small percentage of people very rich, cause the rest of us a lot of heartache and misery, very, very taxing on the taxpayer. Very, In other words, the, the average taxpayer gets hit with taxes to keep these three-letter agencies going, where a few fat cats make a lot of money. And so these agencies were built by man. They weren't built by God. They were built by man and they need to be destroyed. They need to be destroyed. The next president needs to actually defund them, get rid of them, and then decide if we actually need them in society. And if we actually need them in society, which I am kind of on the fence on, then rebuild them into organizations that actually work for us, that don't work for big pharma, that aren't there to make their fat cat friends and themselves fatter and fatter and fatter. There have been problems with the FDA for a long time now. We know that. We know it's very corrupt. There are a lot of corrupt people in the FDA. We've known that for a very long time. Of course, it's been exposed, you know, uh, constantly. It's been magnified during COVID. But now we're getting to the point now where it's just totally ridiculous. When you see them stopping, and once again, this is just one thing that I know of personally. How many other drugs have they allowed that are dangerous or don't work or have stopped that work? but with covid with a vaccine that obviously was 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 marketed as 95 to 98% effective in stopping the spread of the va- of the disease and ending covid and getting us back to normal how many times did we hear that and does none of those things i have a friend who's a covid maniac i, lo- I love him but he's a covid he's a branch covidian and every day basically for the last 3 years he goes on Facebook and he puts up the the official the official the numbers that are fed to him, people who have gotten COVID, right? COVID cases, daily COVID cases, and he keeps on putting up these numbers to try and make a point that COVID's not over. But what he doesn't understand, and what most most branch COVIDians don't understand, is that if you believe that, if your belief is the numbers are still up, a lot of people are still getting COVID, although the legacy media is not talking about it as much then you're admitting the vaccines don't work. The vaccines were supposed to stop that. The vaccines were supposed to stop those numbers from existing anymore. And of course they haven't. Once again, you know I come from the point of view, this is mostly for 99.999% of people, are like cold. Yet it was supposed to stop that cold. It, we were told it would stop that cold. And it did not. So if you're pushing that these numbers are still there, Large enough numbers where you're posting them all over the place. He's not the only one. Then you're admitting that the vaccine did not work. The vaccine did not do what it was told. It We, it, they, we were told it would do this. We were told it would stop the spread. We were told it would end COVID. We were told that makes us go back to 100 percent normal very quickly. Okay. They all said within six months, seventy percent, seventy percent, sixty-five percent of the population vaccinated. Take about six months, eight months, and we're back to normal. It's all over. Well, of course they lied. They lied. Once again, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear people who are pro-vax, pro-COVID vax say, "No, no, but oh, it keeps um, it keeps point eight seven five two percent of the people out of the hospital." Oh no, there are there are minus one and a half percent fewer. De-. I don't want to hear anything. You lied when you said it would stop the spread, and it doesn't. You lied when you said it stops the spread, and then people who get the vaccine get COVID 17 times. It doesn't stop the fucking spread. You lied. So everything else you say after that doesn't matter. I don't hear you. You're in Dubrovnik. A A famous line from one of my top movies, Rosemary's Baby. I don't hear you. You're in Dubrovnik. You lied. You lied about something monumental. Monumental. either you lied or you were wrong. I know you said, we didn't lie. We were wrong. We didn't lie. We were wrong. Okay. Bullshit. But anyway, lied or wrong. Either way, your opinion is in the shit now. I don't care about it. Your opinion is shit. Whether you lied or you were wrong, it's the same thing. We got to the same, we got to the same crossroad here. It didn't work. Therefore, I don't listen to you anymore. This is very simple. I don't listen to you anymore after that. You can't say, oh, yes, it didn't stop the spread, but it stopped this. Oh, no, it doesn't really stop this, but it might stop that. No, no, no. You First of all, you don't show any facts or evidence about any of these things. If you're one of these people, you don't show any facts or any evidence about any of these things. In fact, Rochelle Walensky was asked yesterday, how many vaccinated people ended up in the hospital from COVID? How many, how many vaccinated people ended up in the hospital dead? She doesn't have the number. Oh, that's not very important. You no, know, two and a half years of vaccinating billions of people. It's not important how many of them ended up in the hospital or dead. We don't know because they never had the facts. They never had the facts. Yet they continue to push this shit. They continue to push tests that don't work, vaccines that don't work, treatments that don't work. They continue to push everything that hasn't worked for two and a half fucking years now. Two and a half fucking years. They continue to push and push and push. So these agencies can't be trusted. And we're seeing this now. We're seeing this now from the hearings that have just started. This is just a vanguard of these hearings, the vanguard. And as one Congressman said yesterday, the hearings are the beginning, the jailings come next. I love that. Was the guy from Alabama, right? No, no, the guy from Louisiana, love his accent. He said, this is the hearings. This is the easy part. The tough part comes next when you go to jail. And he's right. People need to go to jail. I'm glad there are some people in Congress who are starting to say that. That the ultimate accountability is jail time. But I will also accept, along with that, the destruction of these agencies that have harmed us and have lied to us over the last three years and have done everything they've done is just to make money. They've all gotten fat and rich and fat and rich of books and vaccines and books and vaccines, and they all need to fucking go to jail. And the CDC, the NIH, the FDA, they all have to be dismantled. They have to be destroyed. And then when to take a good look, if they're actually necessary or if they're just more wasteful government gobbledygook that you and I pay for in more ways than one. I want evidence. I want evidence that the FDA has helped people. I want evidence to show the FDA has helped more people than they've harmed. Show me the evidence. I want evidence that the the, the, the Center for Disease Control has controlled diseases. Show me the evidence that the Center for Disease Control has controlled and eliminated diseases. I want the evidence. The National Institute of Health I want evidence. They're more than just this whorish money-making foundation where they give grants and get grants and give grants and get grants and give grants and get grants. I want I want, some evidence. They actually help the masses. They actually help humanity. Give me the evidence. Show me the paperwork. I want to see that. If I'm the new next president, I want to see this. And if I don't see it, goodbye. Goodbye. Aloha on the steel guitar. Enough of this shit. But there are a few politicians out there, like I said, like the gentleman from, they, they always say that, right? The gentleman from Mississippi, the gentleman from Alabama, the gentleman from Louisiana said that we got hearings now, the jailings come next. When you have someone like Yoel Roth sitting there and saying, well, too much free speech is bad. Who the fuck is this guy? Who is this fucking little shit metrosexual fucking techie saying I- i'm gonna decide what's i'm gonna decide what's good free speech hey i'm gonna decide what's good hey i'm the guy who's gonna decide if he only has so, that much personality he has no personality this guy have you seen this fucking guy he has zero personality i'm sure he gets passed by in the gay bar all the time the guy has zero personality this is like if you look at Yoel Roth. I want people to understand this. You look at Yoel Roth. That's the typical San Franciscan. That's the typical San Franciscan that I have to deal with. Vapid, empty. You know, college classes and degrees up the ass. Fucking no common sense. No uncommon sense, as we like to say in this show, because so few people have common sense. This is typical San Franciscan. This is the typical person that I need to—I have to deal with on a daily basis here. And this fucking nothing ball says, "Oh, uh, too much free speech is bad." I—I—I I, I, I decided at Twitter. I decided I, Yoel Roth, decided what's good speech. I—I—I I, I decided that doctors like Jay Bhattacharya and Marty McCarry—I I knew more than them. I knew more than those hundreds of doctors who signed the Great Barrington Declaration. I knew more than the, than the New York Post. I knew more. I, I I know more than journalists. I know more than doctors. I decide what's real free speech and what's good free speech and what's bad free speech and what's what's acceptable free speech and what's free speech that goes too far into free speech. Them. I'm the one who decides this. Are you fucking kidding me? Here's a good politician. This is Ron Johnson, who has been on this vaccine thing from day one. Ron Johnson has been our side from day one. I could do an ad for his reelection. He just got reelected. Ron Johnson on our side. He is. He has been. And this is Ron Johnson talking about Ron Johnson. Actually, remember Francis Collins, the guy that ran the NIH, retired about six months ago. And Fauci's boss. And uh, the guy that was above Fauci, remember he went out, he was retiring, he did that ridiculous, he started playing the guitar for us, talking about oh, COVID, it's is his fucking nut job, total nut job. But Ron Johnson spoke to him about the staggering number of co- of COVID vaccine adverse events. And this is Ron Johnson talking about his interaction with Francis Collins when he confronted him. With the VERS numbers, which as we know, the VARS numbers, as we have talked about in this show many times, are like one one hundredth of the actual adverse side effects. So in other words, if you got one person saying they had this side effect, it's probably more like a hundred people that had that side effect. Anyway, here's Ron Johnson.
1: Yeah, I had my antenna up, so uh, I was aware of the VAERS system. And so I started tracking it very early on. And i say about March, April of uh, 2021, uh, we're already seeing over 4,000 deaths on the Vayor system. And back then it was over 40% of those deaths were occurring on day zero, one, or two. And I, we, we actually had a group of Republican senators meeting with Francis Collins. Everybody else is basically patting themselves on the back and, you know, what, didn't we do a great job developing tests and distributing them? Of course, I'm the skunk in the room. And so, well, Dr. Collins, are, are you paying attention to what's happening on Vayors? And, and, you know, he, 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 he immediately went right to the J&Js and said, well, Senator, you know, we've only uh, determined that the six deaths were caused by vaccine. Those are the J&J, and we, we stopped. it." And he said, well, what about the other more than 4,000? He just looked at me and said, well, Senator, people die. Ooh. First of all, I could not even believe how, how you know, what a brazen right. answer that was. But, but again... 40% of those deaths were occurring in days zero, one, or 2, and I realize VAERS doesn't prove causation, but I also realize VAERS, one of the problems is it, it dramatically understates the number of adverse events. So I, started, I start publishing my chart on a weekly basis. It's being censored by social media. But, I mean, today, the, the most recent chart, we have over 34,000 deaths reported in the VAERS system, over 1.5 million adverse events. Today, about 25.5% of those deaths are occurring on zero, day zero, one, or two. Now, again, I know it's not proof, but that sure would concern me. It does concern me. And I have not, I can't believe how the, you know, the CDC, the FDA, the NIH have not exhibited the same concern over what their own safety surveillance system is showing. Then you have VSafe, you know, mm-hmm. a system set up specifically to track this. Now, it wasn't set up to really track these serious complications they're talking about you know days missed from work or you know, right. visiting the hospital those numbers are shocking you 25 know, percent of people re- uh, report on that VSA system about 10 million people sampled that they experienced enough problem where they had to take off a day of work and I think eight percent had to you know visit the hospital. A hospital you know seek mental yeah. care yeah. and they're and they're blowing it off and so I'm writing oversight letter after oversight letter. I'm getting no response. We, we did, through a FOIA request, found out that uh, one of my oversight letters, this was all to, having to do with the, the uh, granting the approval for Combinati. Uh They got it. They were concerned about it, They wanted to respond to it. And this is Peter Marks in the email chain saying, well, we've, we've got a ready-made response. This was within two hours of them initiating this email chain over my letter. That's how unseriously they take. Uh, man, a very unique oversight letter for me, all kinds of detail in it, and they've already got a ready-made response that so they blew out to me.
0: So that, so this, that's Francis Collins' response, and, and that people die. Oh, well, hey, people die. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? People die. This is the head of the NIH. Like I said, why do we need this agency? Why do we need... If these are the people you put the head of these agents... Look, If Francis Collins is the head of the NIH, and Rochelle Walensky is the head of the CDC. Why do you need these? What good are these organizations? Why should they exist? This is the best they can find to run them. One doesn't know the answer to how many vaccinated people end up in the hospital or dead. The other says, well, people, when you talk about the vaccine side effects, oh, people die. What are you going to do? So that's, that proves my case in point that these agencies need to be blown up. Don't get nervous. You know I'm talking figuratively, right? They need to be dismantled. They need to be defunded. And rebuilt if it is deemed, if they can show proper documentation that there's a reason for them to exist. We've never asked that. We don't ask that for any agency, CIA, FBI. Where's your documentation that you should still exist? Where's your documentation that we need you? Where's the proof? That you help more people than you hurt. Show me me the evidence, baby. I'm from Missouri. Show me. Not really from Missouri, but I love that saying. Show me. Show me. And if you can't show me, no, we're we're done. We're done. We'll take care of things ourselves. It gets worse and worse. Thank goodness we have someone like that. We have Rand Paul. We have some people in Congress, but it gets worse because you know what's happening now. And Steve Kirsch, and you should always follow Steve Kirsch on on Twitter. The CDC has now added these COVID shots, these 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 poisonous, harmful COVID shots to the list of routine vaccinations for kids and adults. So this gives them liability protection without any EUA. So now the emergency can end. Now the vax makers have liability Protections. that's the game they played. You see, they said we're in an emergency, right? So they could use these things. And during the emergency have no liability. Now they can end the emergency because they put it on the list of routine vaccinations. And now they have, once they do that, they have liability protection. So the CDC gives the big pharma liability protection by creating a fake emergency. And then by adding them to the list of routine vaccinations. So this is just the CDC protecting the asses of the vaccine makers. Once again, how is the Center for Disease Control protecting the asses, the money, the assets of Big Pharma? How is that helping the public? How is that how is that controlling disease? The Center for Disease Control. Once again, dismantle, destroy. There's no, these agencies are corrupt. They are corrupt to the core. Like I just said, the FDA ending a treatment that has been proven to work for multiple myeloma patients. Yet, yet allowing this vaccine, which will now be on the list of routine vaccines for kids and adults, such as measles, mumps, rubella, all that stuff. A vaccine that has been proven not to work and is now proven to be harmful. And this is the game they play. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Daniel, you there? Hello, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Oh, hello, Daniel. Oh, hey, there you are. Hey, you. Yeah, I, th- yes, I think I, I hit
2: you. the um the um unmute button or the mute button at the same time that I um picked up. So, so yeah. Um anyway, I, um I wouldn't jump so fast at this idea that these um that we're going going to be asked to um get the the shitty the shittiest vaccine ever um every year now um of all people. Uh, Fauci, who was a senior author. I don't know if you've seen this paper yet. That was in um, the publication Cell Host and Microbe. And Alex Berenson actually um, wrote there was a um, article about the paper. Um, and um, Dr. Malone, you know Malone, he's he's been talking about it today. Um, and that's where I got wind of it. Uh, the the main author who did most of the work was a guy by the name of uh, Calvin Berger, and um, um, read read Alex Berenson's article. He's gets, he gets some of the science wrong, but, but it's close enough to what's going on. And, and in it, Fauci is, is finally admitting what has been known about uh, flu viruses. Um, um, and many of the mild um, many of the mild viruses, the the um, respiratory viruses that are fairly mild. Uh, Influenza, I mean, influenza can kill people, but it's, it's a fairly mild virus compared to things like measles, for example. Um, And and they're finally admitting some things about our our immune system, which have actually been known for quite a while, which, which mainly is that um, we we have evolved to to deal with some of the, the um, viruses and pathogens, not just viruses, but pathogens, in general bacteria, mycoplasm, et cetera. Um, we have evolved to, to deal with these things in a way that's not an all-out response, like measles, because measles um, is a very, um, very deadly disease. It, it, it can kill people easily. And our immune systems, the, and the miracle that they are, have evolved to, to deal with these very, very deadly diseases, and sort of an all that response. But these responses takes a toll on us. And so, we our, our immune system very cleverly over our period of uh, over evolution has evolved to respond to the lesser viruses with lesser um, um, severity. Um, and so, they basically say, ah, we're just going to tolerate this because you know fighting it." Um, a, a, a battle to the death uh, is, is cost, cost us a lot, cost a lot uh, not, mm. cost us a lot in, in potential health as well as in energy. And so it, basically Fauci is admitting to this in, in this paper. And, um, and this was the, the you know, and Berenson talks about this, this is why they were pushing for mRNA in the first place, even though it was well known that viruses like coronavirus that mutate rapidly, are going to be amongst these viruses that aren't going to have long-lived immunity response to them. So Fauci is finally admitting in this article um, that he wrote with one other guy and some guy by the name of Morin, who Malone is saying is probably a ghost author of some sort. If this is getting all, it's getting all pretty creepy. But I, I recommend that you read um, just if you Google Alec Berenson. Um, Fauci, just those those three keywords. Alec Alex and Fauci, you'll find this article that Berenst wrote that'll summarize what's going on there. And if you want, you can read the article itself, the, the, the journal article, which um, Fauci and Warrens and Kerenberg um, are the authors on it, which is again in cell host and microbe. But um, the, um, he's trying to, he's, 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 he's doing a political thing here and he's trying to get ahead of the hearings and at the same time ask for more money to study new approaches and just more money, more money for the NIH and the NIAID, whatever the acronym for Fauci's department was. Um, This is is damning and it's a um, shrewd political move by that son of a bitch at the same time. But but please please read the article.
0: Hey, look yeah. look, Daniel. He can run, but he can't hide, baby. He can run, but he can't hide from a three years. Oh yeah running. yeah
2: yeah. I think I think he's going. He, I think he's doing his best to hide hide. But I think you're right. The the son of a bitch's time is up.
0: The guy has been on every Sunday show for three years saying one thing. It, it, it doesn't matter what he says now. Exactly. It he's he been on
2: the show, Sunday shows for the last three years saying get these vaccines and, oh, oh, if we could only get to 60%, we'll have herd immunity. Oh, if we only get to 80%, we'll have herd immunity. And, and Yeah, and, and once you get these vaccines, yes, you're never going to get reinfected yet. The son of bitch has been lying, and he knew he was lying the whole time. Just like most of us said in 2020, most physicians would have told you, this is a fucking coronavirus. And despite the fact that these idiots on the news are going around and repeating the word novel, 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 novel over and over and over again to make us make us think that that uh, that uh, the reality that we know um, that, that 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 or the predictions that we know um, relative to MRA, MRA viruses somehow we're all out the window. And this was some new virus that. Uh, all, all the everything that we knew about uh, immunology was just didn't apply to. Um, in 2020, we knew that coronaviruses are going to be very, very, very difficult to make a vaccine for. And lo and behold, guess what? We get the shittiest vaccine when you attempt to do that.
3: And Did, now you know, even
2: I, felt he's admitting it. Well, now but, even but, that son so. of a bitch is admitting it.
0: Yeah, but they're admitting, but they're also saying it's not, it's not total admittance. I mean, if you look at Walensky, did you see, did you see that she was asked why there were no RCTs? You saw this, right? So uh, I'll tell everyone else. So Walensky was asked by Congress today in Congress, why no RCTs were conducted to determine if masks prevent covid she said there were no RCTs conducted because it was so obvious that mass worked. So her response was, I'm not sure anybody would have proposed a clinical trial because, in fact, there wasn't equipoise. Whatever that means, equipoise, yeah, equipoise. Everyone had to
2: run to the dictionary to figure out
0: equipoise. what the no, equipoise no, she was saying, She was saying there's no doubt. No one had any doubts in their mind that mass would stop the spread of COVID. Daniel, has anyone told this fucking moron that it says they don't – on the box it says it doesn't stop the spread of COVID? Has anyone told her
2: that? We had you know, we, we had this big Cochrane meta study that's come out in last week that everyone's talking about as though this, you know, oh, look, it finally settles this issue about whether masks work or not. Bull fucking shit. We had meta studies on 14 RCTs, rather small RCTs, but there was a meta study of those 14 that was prior to, I don't know, what was it, 2016, 17, someplace around there, that showed that masks don't work. And once again, we do another meta study with, with even more studies thrown in there that once again show that masks don't work. Not only did those first meta studies show that they didn't work, it showed that quite often, and this was n 95s that were thrown in this study as well, showed that quite often, even, even when people were trained in the hospital these, these were studies in, in hospital where people were trained by OSHA to wear these various types of masks, surgical masks, um, and, and N95s, and they found that they didn't work. And in some cases, they found that they had negative effects.
4: We've
0: known fucking forever. look Look, when you, when you have once again, if you, when you have the director of the CDC saying something so bat crap fucking stupid, people, you would have to convince me why this kind of a – why this organization should exist. People need to tell me why this organization should exist when you have someone running it who's obviously in so far over her fucking stupid head that she has no fucking clue what's going on. She doesn't know how many vaccinated people end up in the hospital dead from COVID. She doesn't know. She thinks masks were proven to work 100%. What is she talking about? Wait a minute. She also told Congress that there were 2,000 pediatric deaths from COVID 19. That's totally made up. There weren't 2,000 pediatric deaths from COVID-19. And then she lies and says the only reason COVID vaccines were added to the child immunization schedule was so they could be given to uninsured children. No, it was added to the schedule so Big Pharma is protected from being fucking sued. And she knows that when you have someone like this who is so dumb and lies at the same time. You have to convince me why the CDC should continue to exist, why I, as a taxpayer, should continue to
2: pay her salary. Why? I want to know why. Mike, you hit the the nail right on the freaking head. The CDC needs to be disbanded. The question shouldn't be, at this point, do we need it or not? The FDA needs to be disbanded. The question shouldn't be, do we need it or not? At this point, all we should be asking, is: are these institutions... Corrupt are these institutions captured, and the answer is yes, they are ineffective, and there is no way that we're going to bring these back with any of the bureaucrats running them. We have to clean the entire house, we simply have to burn this house down and then decide whether we're going to rebuild it or not. Just the, pro- you, the problem just is, she's bureaucrat. not
0: right, the problem is, she's not the only bureaucrat, everyone around exactly. her, you know. They're, they're, she's the she's the top bureaucrat but everyone else who works for that who works at the CDC is a bureaucrat in the making right they're all exactly so the problem is where, where do you start where, where, i I would not know where to start when you were to, right to rebuild I, I don't know because there's who do you go to who who, who is there who do we go to there's, there's there's
2: too many people that I mean look at look at for example Burks Burks was uh Fauci's postdoc. This is this is how this is how this nepotism of, of not only nepotism of with respect to to, to resources, et cetera, but nepotism nepotistic science, where they where they glom onto these these ideas that are just proven over and over and over again, and they just promote and propagate them because they were the love child. Of, 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 of you know whoever and Fauci felt, falls in love with some idea and Birx has, has to fall in love with it too and then this these ideas are promoted a, a, until the day the son of a bitch dies and then uh, then Birx or whoever you know was the postdoc is, carries on with this um, with promoting this uh, this deistic sort of idea that that their predecessors you know inculcated them with and it just goes on and on and on forever. You know, right. maybe eventually some of it diffuses away and people just get tired of it. But yeah, the this, this, this system is fucking corrupt to the core. And you see this in all branches of science. There is corruption in science. In, in, but this is where but in most branches of science, people aren't dying as a result of your corruption. In, when it comes to the NIH, when it comes to the FDA, when it comes to the CDC, when it comes to public health departments all across this country, when they fuck up, people die.
0: Absolutely, when they fuck up, people die. There's no, there's no doubt. Of, there's no doubt about it. That we, this is life and death that we're talking about. This is life and death that we're talking about. But to, to actually, I, I'm just, I, it's it's shocking to me. Once again, where's the oversight? Where where's the over? Obviously, the oversight as far as the CDC director, I believe, from what I understand. Yeah, obviously, the president has the, has the. Has the ability? Does the president not? The, the president decides. The president can fire the CDC director, right? I believe. Oh, I are, are you asking me? Yes, I believe the president can fire um, the CDC director at, at, right?
2: at the highest level. Yes, he can, I'm sure he can fire at the highest level of the NIH, the CDC, um, FDA. But when it comes to lower level people, they actually have a harder time firing them because. Um, They have unit protection, they have all kinds of of, of public service, public servant laws that protect people at lower levels, but at the higher levels in general, it is easier to fire. I I can't tell you specifically whether he can fire the head of the CDC, for example, but I can tell you that in general, the higher you go up, actually, it's easier to fire people. Right.
0: It's, uh, but I'm saying because I, I, Redfield was Trump's and, and, and Walensky yep. is Biden's. So Biden does have the ability. Now, obviously, yeah, he has the right to file the CDC director. He's so fucking out of it. Of course, he would never do that. He thinks he's doing a great job because he thinks he's doing a great job. He thinks the country's in great shape. But the fact of the matter is that this is to have a CDC director who, who, who lies about the number of pediatric deaths, lies about masks being proven to be effective against against uh, things like the flu and covid. Uh, it's it's not knowing how many vaccinated people have died or or, or end up in a hospital. It's 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 absolutely absurd that this this, this is the demonic. this is a cl- this is a fucking clown car. This is a fucking clown show. This country mm-hmm. being run by people like Biden and Walensky. It's a it's a fucking total disaster. It's an unmitigated disaster. And for the fact and the fact of the matter is that. Once again, what people don't seem to understand is they they pay for this. We all pay for this. This isn't like free. This isn't like the money doesn't grow on fucking trees to pay these fucking people. And we're not talking about salaries of like fifty thousand dollars. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Fauci's making a half million dollars. That's what he makes above board. Forget about what he makes below board. It's it's absolutely insane. Once again, this is just like this ridiculous tradition. Oh, these these are agencies that have been around forever, Mike. We need these. The C D C, the NIH, they've been around forever, Mike. Come on, we need them. No. Because they've been around forever doesn't mean we need them. Okay? Cancer's been around forever. Doesn't mean we need it. It's it's so fucking stupid to think that we can continue after what we've seen for the last three years with these organizations remaining intact the way they are. And that's, we're not hearing enough of that from anybody. I don't hear Trump talking about that. I don't hear DeSantis talking about that. We need these, the next president needs to end this. He needs to, he or she needs to end this. We cannot continue like this.
2: No, we cannot.
0: You know, and once again, the proof is what we've seen over the last, if we believe there were problems and we know there were so many problems, with these organizations. We've talked about the criticisms of the FDI way before COVID existed. But what we're seeing now is the most corrupt, the most, the most disastrous, corrupt, demonic, as you said, a good word is demonic, uh, uh, um, players in these organizations and what they've done to society, what they've done to people, what they've done to our lives is just, it's totally, it, it's, it's, it's beyond criminal. It's really It's really beyond criminal. And I, once again, I'm glad that the congressman from Louisiana was talking about, you know, the hearings come now and the jail comes next. I'm glad, And he said it, I believe, right to Yoel Roth's face. And I think that is what we need more of. We need to put the fear of whoever your choice is, fear of God into these people. We really do, because they, they need to be tortured and punished for what they've done to us.
2: Yeah. Do you do, you, do you remember in history or in history classes in high school being taught about um, the book The Jungle? Yes, Upton Sinclair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I read it. And, and yeah, and how it and how it basically started um, I mean, the it's, it's kind of the the um, at least from a a public outcry perspective is kind of what started the FDA. And, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Because, of the, because of the corruption that, that people saw when it comes to um, our, our, the production of our food and, and, um, and the ab- abysmal, shockingly unhygienic um, conditions that, that, that um, food was made in this, this country. Um, now, we, we've, we've got a new jungle that needs to be written and the jungle, it, it, it's in the FDA.
0: Oh, without a doubt. Yes, with, without a doubt. I mean, this is this is a, this is a uh, organization that's poisoning children. Forget about the COVID vaccines. We're talking about the, the, the Ritalin, right? We're talking about all these drugs they've pumped up kids with, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Oh, you, we're pumping up, we're, we're pumping up with all these drugs, Think, you know, things like Ritalin other stuff, which oh, is really, okay.
2: insulin, in, insulin scam coming down the pike, they're, they're, they're really a prepping hmm. us for that. Um, and you can't and, and you can't tell me you can't tell me that a lot
0: of the stuff we're pumping into kids, the FDA is allowing them to pump into kids, pills and stuff, and antipsychotics and all this stuff, is not part of what's leading to the same group of people ending up killing people when they're teenagers or in their twenties or mass shootings. You cannot convince me there's not a connection between the two things and that the the increase in these kinds of mass shootings and these young people doing these things coincides with the increase in these kinds of drugs being pumped into them from a very, very young age. We're talking five, six, seven years old. One you should, cannot you cannot tell me there's no correlation there. And, well, and, and I'm
2: not I'm not, not going to tell you. Yes well, I'm
0: no, saying no. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you specifically. I'm talking generally. You no, know,
2: no, I, I know I know what you're I know you're talking yeah. more rhetorically, but I'm not going to comment that uh, and affirm have or negative on that. But one
0: should wonder. Doesn't that mean one should do studies when you say one should – you say one should wonder like we live in the 17th century. We could do yeah. studies on this if we wanted to. These, oh, these yeah. places that I talk about could actually do a real study. Now, my feeling well, is we if, you don't do... to, if you don't want to do a study on something, usually it's because you don't want to know you – know, you know what the outcome may be. You don't want to deal with it.
2: Yeah, right? it, should, it should be possible to do observational studies. I mean, there is um... – for example, there's—I mean—you can go from state to state, and you can find uh, big differences in, in, in uh, prescriptions for um, for treating kids with ADHD, and you can find big differences for treatment for depression. For example, um, of all places, um, Utah um, has a really high um, a, a prescription rate for antidepressants. Um, one would one would hope beyond the the you know that they have such tight knit families in Utah because of the Mormon church's influence there, one would hope that and that would um, give you some sort of um, 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 backstop, emotional backstop for, for, for that be protective of depression. And maybe it does, but nevertheless, the, the uh, prescription rate uh, for uh, antidepressants in Utah is very high compared to other states. So yeah, there's going to be various states and various communities um, that are going to be separated by the level at which many um, uh, um, behavior, behavior-related anxiety, depression, um, um, uh, um, and behavior in general, I should say, medications. There's going to be many uh, communities that are very much different with respect to the use of, 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 of such medications, and they will be right for observational studies.
0: Well, look, why do any of that stuff when you could just simply say let 's ban guns right it's so much easier isn't it daniel? it's so much easier to just say, "Oh, I'll get rid of get rid of assault weapons that'll take care of the situation blame 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 gun owners. blame the second amendment much much easier and simpler you don 't do, yeah, do any studies You know
2: I've, I've, in the last few days um, I have seen so many people um, on, on Twitter saying some things that we've been saying over the last um, for years, they, they, they. Are, I've, I've seen this a number of times in just the last two days on Twitter. with People saying, you know, prior to COVID, I was totally dead set against uh, um, automatic weapons and anything that, anything that you know resembled an automatic weapon in any way. But since COVID and the the, the uh, tyr- tyrannical way in which, which the government's behaving, they've changed their mind dramatically. Same here. You've, you've said the same thing. I mean, it's, you know, I am and now I am a, a Second Amendment supporter, as much a Second Amendment supporter as people that I would have pre-2019 fought with about the issue.
0: Um. Yes, absolutely. And it's not just this issue. It's another one which I'm going to, I'm going to talk about here in a minute, which we've talked about recently on the show, which is the, the idea of allowing children to mutilate themselves, right? Yes. Uh, and uh Matt Walsh actually went up in front of the Tennessee House. Yeah, I saw that. Tennessee legislation where I I can't it's hard for me to believe there's any Democrats in Tennessee at all, but I guess there are, I guess because of Nashville and Memphis. But uh and they were they were questioning him about um, you know, his opinion about uh the bill they wanna put up, which is basically allowing kids to mutilate themselves without parental consent. And so there's a couple of good clips from there. And then I'm gonna read an article in the free press. The Free Press, oh. which is written from a person, a 42-year-old queer woman. Oh,
2: who, yes, what, yes, I read that. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, it. Like, I'm going to hang up so you can read that. Like you've
0: yeah. read everything. You have, you have less of a life than I do. You've read everything. Okay. All right. You
2: know, I was really busy today. I got a shitload done at work today, but uh, on the on part <laughs> to, to and from, I got some good reading time.
0: <laughs> you're, you're still taking BART? Oh, my God. Oh, you have to now, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I have to now. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well. You know, apply for your gun license. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I need a concealed period. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, Daniel, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thank
2: you. Bye. Right.
0: Yeah, but this is Matt of the uh the Tennessee legislature because they are uh like many states are deciding on a bill on bills whether they should you should allow kids to mutilate themselves without parental consent. <laughs> and um this is like, this is what Sarah Huckabee Sanders was talking about. This is what she was talking about when she said the difference between the two parties now are not between right and left or, or conservative and liberal, but normal and crazy. And she's 100% right. That should be the slogan for every Republican running in 2024. The difference between normal and crazy. There's no doubt about it. And just look at the difference between California and Florida. And there it, it is right there. California's bat crap fucking crazy. And Florida's normal. In fact, people from California, even the nutty, crazy fucking people from California went to Florida during COVID just to get to some normalcy. Once again, once again, I I told you the feelings of going from California to Florida during COVID. And it's like it's like prison release. Right. Where you are getting out of prison for a weekend and then you have to go back to prison or even better than that. I have a better analogy. It's like being released from the psychiatric hospital for a weekend and then having to go back into the psychiatric hospital. California is bat crap, fucking nutty, Democrat, lunatic, crazy. And, and and Florida now is very red, normal. To the point where crazy people are going there just for a little bit of normalcy before they go back to crazy town again. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders is 100% right. Normal and crazy is a difference. Let's go into crazy now. So Matt Walsh, I'll cue this up, went in front of uh, a committee hearing in support of a bill banning child mutilation. Okay, this is a bill. This is a bill banning. Okay, so this is the Tennessee legislature. They want to. They're talking about having a bill which bans child mutilation here in California. Right. Which is bat crap nuts. They want to do a bill allowing child mutilation. A Democrat on the committee asked what qualifies me, Matt Walsh, to speak on the subject. It was a very dumb question, but I tried my best to answer it for him. Here's Matt Walsh after being asked what his qualifications are to talk about child mutilation. Oop, I'm having trouble queuing it up. It seems like it's just running. I'll, I'll try a different way here. Um, but once again, this is like uh, during COVID, right? When we talked about masks not working or the vaccines that working, people say, are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? How do you know? How do you know the difference? You're not a doctor even though we had people like Yoel Roth censoring actual doctors, that was fine. Yoel Roth censoring censoring ac- censoring actual doctors, that was fine. He was qualified to do that. He was qualified to, to, to decide. Yoel Roth is qualified to decide what's freedom of speech and not freedom of speech, but you and I are not qualified to decide whether we want to take a vaccine or not, whether a vaccine a we believe a vaccine works or not, whether we believe mass work or not. We're not qualified for that. Okay, let me just go to my other Twitter account. Let's see if I can uh, if I can cue this up. Uh, all right. Go to Matt Walsh. If I can find the Matt Walsh. Oh we go. Let me see if this works. All right. Okay, so this is Matt Walsh once again in front of the a committee hearing in Tennessee about child mutilation. Let's see. Okay. I don't know if I, can, I don't know if the clip's gonna work. And, oh, here it is. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if I can get this going. Education here we are, experience. Yes. Mr. Walls are
3: right Sorry, hold on. Uh, <laughs> experience in healthcare? Your educational background. I'm just curious. You 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 yeah. this to a lot of your own research, so I'm curious for what purpose you do that and what background you have to qualify as you to speak to that. Well, Mr. my Mr. background that qualifies me to speak to this is that I'm a human being with a brain and common sense and I have a soul. And so, therefore, I think it's a really bad idea to chemically castrate children. That is my experience. Um, also, I, I did, now it's true, I didn't I didn't go to college, but I did go to school long enough to learn how to read so I can read the data for myself. And that's exactly what I've done. Plemons, and for what purpose do you um, conduct your research and use this brain of yours? Mr. Walsh, you recognized. I use it for the purpose of trying to protect children from being castrated and mutilated. That's one of the things I try to do. You don't use it payments. to thank you, Mr. Chairman. You don't use it to get clicks on your but state publication? That. Well, are you using it right now to try to get clicks with this interaction? I I I I I really like the Mr. idea Wills. of getting uh, of of drawing attention to the fact that this is happening to children. I know you seem to find it very amusing. I don't.
5: Can you give us a
3: summary of your education?
0: So that's one Democrat moron, that's one lunatic. It's good to know that California isn't just the only state that's full of Democrat lunatics. They're actually in Tennessee also. This guy must represent like inner city Nashville or inner city Memphis. He has to, I would think. Uh, and here's another here's, – here's, here's Matt Walsh actually asking the committee a question. And this is even more interesting. This is even more telling. It's even more telling – about about these people and, and how and how full of shit they are, how hypocritical and full of shit they really are.
6: I found it, uh, thank you, Mr. Walsh. I found it interesting. One of our. Come on. Our, uh, um, people testified today that they uh, had their gender affirming surgery at 16. And I know uh, you in former comments mentioned uh, this uh, on your blog at about 16, you're an adult who's mature and can make decisions. Uh, you're that at 16. I don't care what anybody says, even going so far as to say, you know, 16 people, uh, when you're 16, you should be married and uh, and could be pregnant or should be pregnant. Um, so I'm curious if 16 is uh a, uh, an adult in your view, uh, why does this bill have, uh, the, uh, minor de- defined as 18? Uh, Mr. Yeah, well, that's uh,
3: yeah, that's, that's a hit piece you took from media matters, uh, from something when I was a, a radio host, uh, 13, 14 years ago, in my early twenties. Uh, it's also not an accurate reflection of what I actually said. Um, I was talking about, uh, the fact that people tended to marry young historically, and that's all that that was about. Um, how does that relate to the, to this subject? Just curious, to your definition of, of if you feel like people are adults at sixteen should well, uh, people are adults choose. at eighteen, uh, but actually their your your brain is not fully developed until you're twenty five, so we should be having a conversation about whether we should even be doing these surgeries to people at eighteen, but certainly before eighteen it's it's absurd. I mean, do you, do you do you think that a sixteen year old can meaningfully consent to having their body parts removed? Do, do you?
5: No? We do not. Yeah, we ask the questions. It's not.
7: Deep. It's Representative uh, Hammer, you're recognized.
0: <laughs> there was like 20 seconds of silence there. Yeah, we asked the questions. <laughs> Uh, yes, they're all from, they're all from Nashville. As I go through these cliffs, I see they're all from Nashville. Oh, there goes that. I was, I was seriously thinking of moving. We asked the questions. We asked the question. We asked the dumbass questions. We asked dumbass questions. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> he says, uh, so these people, when they're asked directly, See, that, that's what I'm saying with, with, with these phony Democrats. When you ask them these things directly, they, they're too afraid. They're too afraid to answer, all right? They won't come out and simply say, yes, we believe at 16 years old, should they the 16-year-old should, should be able to decide whether they can mutilate themselves or not. Just say it. If you really believe it, have some fucking balls, have the courage of your convictions, and say it. But if you don't believe it, then what are you fucking trying to do? Pass a bill that allows it, or try to block a bill that doesn't allow it? Once again, the Democrats have no courage of their convictions. When they're actually pressed, to actually, once again, when they're actually pressed, they won't answer. Yes, both John Ray Clemens, who asked a dumb question about his qualifications, and the guy who would not answer him when he uh, asked them about, uh, uh, you know. Do you believe? Oh, first of all, this moron, this other moron from uh, from Nashville, Caleb Hammer, Caleb Hammer, um, hope he's not related to Bill Hammer, um, said <laughs> you had written something 15 years ago that where well, you said that someone who's 16 can get married. It, so this asshole doesn't even see the difference. Forget that this was 20 years ago and Matt Walsh was uh, doing a radio show, but he doesn't see the difference between consenting to get married and consenting to mutilate yourself. A marriage, you can like uh annul, you can like get divorced a week later if you want. When you first, when you mutilate yourself at 16, you're fucked for life. This is how stupid these people are. This is literally how dumb they are. They are dumb. What is it with the Democratic Party? They produce one dumbass after another. One dumbass after another. They can't interpret data. They don't understand facts. They don't understand evidence. They have no idea what an analogy is. They make shitty, stupid analogies that make no sense. Analogies that make sense, they, they avoid. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Who created these people? Were they created in a lab? Is it a lab experiment gone wrong? I have no answer as to how these people exist. So much for me moving to Nashville. I guess I got to move to like a farm in, in Tennessee. I got to move to some really rural or suburban red area. I certainly don't want to. I, I, why would I leave San Francisco and, and and have run away from Pelosi to run towards Caleb Hemmer and the other fucking idiot? I thought they'd have at least a little bit more sense in Tennessee. I thought the people, the the representatives in Tennessee would have a little more sense, even if they're Democrats, than the people here in California. But these are the same questions that would be asked by people here in California. They would ask the same damn questions. No, you can't get a mastectomy in old. I don't think so. I don't think you can get a mastectomy in (laughs) old. And Matt Walsh gave some great answers, but that would have been a good one, too. You can get a divorce in old. Could you get a mastectomy in (laughs) old? It's like people are so stupid. Look, what's so maddening is once again the, the lack of uncommon sense. A child should not be able to mutilate themselves, period, especially without the consent of their parents. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. So Matt Walsh was good. I thought he conducted himself they tried to get him with... And you notice the, the things they asked him were just these stupid, uh, spiteful, catty things. There was nothing real there, right? Do you want to get clicks? you want to get clicks? Well, you said this, you're 16-year-old's an adult 20 years ago. Do you, what, what, what education do you have? You fucking idiots. I despise each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. Oh, boy. Let me go to Mr. Lance, and then after Mr. Lance, we'll see how much of this article I get to read. This is a good one, though, in the free press. Once again, this is someone who Jamie Reed wrote this yesterday. Today, actually. Uh, is is on the it, it comes at this from like myself and Daniel, and a lot of us who were Democrats. This, she was a she's a queer woman, politically to the left of Bernie Sanders. And is now beginning to realize that what's happening to children is morally and medically appalling, and I will read that after we talk to Mister. So I oh. got to ask
5: you a question. Go ahead. Where are you? Where are you at, ma'am? Like no, geog- geog- <clears throat> geographically speaking. You
0: know I'm in San Francisco. How many times have I told oh, you? All right.
5: That's too far, unless you're rich. It's too what? I said that's too far unless you're rich because you sound kind of like an East Coaster. Of course. I'm an East Coaster.
0: You know that. I'm from New York.
5: All right. You had to be because I, I could, I, you know, I've been around the block a couple of times. Like, this guy knows San Franciscan. No,
0: I've been no, to first, San Francisco. You know how many people are from here? About about three people are actually from here. You I know. know it, you know how it is out west. The west is so transient, Lance. I mean, Dude, it's, not there's like, more. It's, not like, it's not like New York where it's like eight hey. generations
5: California, yeah, but there was more people. Like Florida was about fifty percent former New Yorkers and fifty percent everybody else. For a minute,
0: yeah, and also um, other areas are that way too. Uh, upper Midwest, well, a lot of from the see here the, the the people from New England and New York and the, and the Northeast and the Upper Midwest they all move because they get tired of cold weather, right? So they move, right. and then they move to places like Texas and maybe SoCal or Florida or Arizona, and then they have families there, and that's where they, you know, and that's where those.
5: Hello? Know. Yeah. Who are you talking to? Right. Yeah, the right. snowbirds. The yeah, snowbirds yeah. Yeah. and the, right. you know, ex-New Yorkers, like, well, you know, in other words, when New York was like the big dog population, by, even by the early 60s, California overtook it. Those, those New Yorkers didn't die. They just populated every place out, millions of them. They just infested, they, you know, in a good way and went all over the place. And, like, that's why you have, like, New York bagels and New York pizza and Boulder and everywhere else
0: because, like, New York is what they're doing. All right. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, Daniel um, Daniel writes that he, he has spent most of his life. So he's one of the few Bay Area natives. Daniel has always been here.
5: Bless his heart. Yeah. I love
0: <laughs> – Bless his heart, yes. yes. No, no. San,
5: San Francisco natives, they're in, it's a, just an interesting place, man. San Francisco. You know, San Francisco. <laughs>
0: Or, or as no, Michael Schellenberger no. would say, San Francisco. San Francisco. What? Yeah, yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, you could say San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco.
5: No, 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 San Francisco. Like you know, acid.
0: Yeah. Well, look, look. There was a time, Lance, not too long ago, in a place not so far, far away, where San Francisco <laughs> was seen as wacky in a good way. You see, wacky. Listen. In a good way, not wacky in the way it is now. How long you lived there? 11 years now.
5: Okay, I was there in 82, and I spent enough time there, like over a period of a whole summer, doing my on-the-road experience. I met, you know who Allen Ginsberg is? Of course. Okay, I met Allen Ginsberg. I drove Gregory Corso, ever heard of him, the poet? Vaguely. Okay, I drove him around in a Cadillac, I did a drive-away car, a la... Kerouac and Cassidy had fifty miles on it. I'm, I'm I'm dead serious. From Rochester to Boulder to out in San Francisco, I went to a Yippie convention in in Berkeley, right?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, I, I, know, the whole I, thing. I'm no, not, not,
5: not, not not to go off on all that but but San Francisco yeah what a trip so in 82 there was still some of the leftover spirit of uh, the 60s but sure. Sure. but, but you know, like the Grateful Dead and the people that like were there in the day by the mid 60s not even by 67 or eight the summer of love they were gone before that it just was already getting to be hip, you know, a hucksters and fucksters and, 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 and misogynist, like, 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 like wolves that just would like, Oh, <laughs> oh seriously. It was just like, yeah, they, were using, they were using that. Hey babe, that Cal, that California vibe just to fuck women over. Oh my God. Yeah. So just, yeah.
0: Well, but, except, I, you know, but when's the, when's the last time you were here?
5: Well, no, I was there in 82 and haven't been back since, but oh,
0: wow.
5: I, but no, I, spent, I spent a good bit of time, man. I, I slept in Golden Gate Park for like a week and for safety, it was crazy. I can tell you some story. It was interesting. It, it's bookworthy, you know,
0: you, don't, you don't uh, want to sleep in that park now.
5: Well, no, but even then, no, even then there was, uh, you know, Buena Vista Park. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so somebody got like some some like kind of an olderish hippie dude, or just an older guy, like an older drunk, just crashing in the park. You know, good weather, pretty much, except the summer is like winter and the falls like summer. I know, but
2: <laughs> I experienced
5: it. No, I did. Like what Mark Twain said, the worst winter I ever spent was summer in San Francisco. Right. Yeah. It's nuts, it is, it's inverted, but anyway, this guy got, like, burned to death by some punk, like, skinhead, you know, type, really? it's 82, to 1982, I'm like, okay, well, what the fuck, so I slept on a. Uh, laundromat like one night then I found the most comfortable fucking bed ever with this wall of eucalyptus you know tree right they go down to the ground and it was like these these like broken you know uh, uh, twigs and I slept on it with a sleeping bag and the eucalyptus leaves were like waxy so it all that do because mom that fog is like a rain even though it ain't raining it's crazy right it all drained off it was the most comfortable bed ever I got woken up in the morning by a chipmunk like pecking at my stomach and I'm going to stop there because you don't need like my life story. This but
0: sounds like and, a, this sounds like a cartoon. Like.
5: No, no, I mean, you, I, could write a, I could, That's like five chapters of the book would just be the San Francisco stuff. But what a trip out city! I loved it, man. And the beauty of it was each neighborhood so distinct, like Transamerica Building and all the, the like the what, you know all the business part is like right across from Chinatown.
0: Uh, get which a, Lance, Lance, get me a time machine. I'll go back. I
5: Let's, know, right? It, it was great, man. San Francisco is wild. Golden Gate Park and the Panhandle down the other way. they making uh, me
0: feel worse because it used to be such a great place.
4: But oh I say this, I
0: say this All the time, this used to be a city that other cities wanted to be like, and now yeah. it's the opposite of that. So it's you know.
5: crazy, but you know, this homeless thing started in eighty two or 80 with reagan really it did i'm sorry but the democrats helped too i'm not i'm a bipartisan you know critic but um yeah cities like Zappa.
0: reagan made a huge mistake when he closed those institutions No doubt. well the trickle down
5: and all that but what i mean is though that there was like even by when i went out there man it was like it was a big problem you could see the homelessness and what it was a lot of bums and stuff okay frank fucking zappa right there's a clip I just happened to see, and he said – and this is – he was talking about like 80, 82, same era, same exact almost year, and he said, it's different now. Yeah, well, there was always hobos. There was always bums, you know. He said, but to have families, he said, this is, a, this is the early 80s he's talking about. This is a, and he was like a libertarian. He would know hippie. He would yeah. not like – he would yeah. know yeah. socialism. Yeah, okay, he was a capitalist, and he was an artist, and he was kind of had that like like libertarian kind of almost fascistic scent, not in a bad way, but in a way of being like, no, everybody is stronger. Now he wanted everybody to be strong. He he didn't want to help just like help the weak and, and give them everything for free. He wasn't Zappa. he really wasn't. He hated drugs and he would have had anti-drug blog, which I wouldn't have been for. So he was certainly no yippee, hippy, that's for sure. But he said, this homeless thing is new now where it's families. This is 1982, 40 years ago. We had a homeless problem with families. And I don't give a fuck whether you want to go from Democrat, Republican or everything in between and Green Party and DSA. We suck as a nation because every other country figured it out except us. All 40 normal countries except us. How? Well,
0: you know, other, country, other countries deal much better with these kinds of things, especially when it comes to like mental health and stuff like that. Other countries deal with it much better than we do. They put, they much, deal more with money, everything. They put much more effort into it. They put much more, they put the academia into it, everything. We here, that's, But the huge problem, I think, between the homelessness of then and now is, look, there was always this saying, Lance, right? And I remember this as a kid. Yes, it could be a little annoying, inconvenience. The homeless people can, but they're not going to bother you. They're the ones who are always bothered. They're the ones who are always robbed. They're the ones who are always, you know, assaulted. But now that's changed. Now the people living on the streets are the ones assaulting people. Now you have to be afraid of homeless people. You didn't back then. And the difference is mental health. Mental health. It's that I, I have met. I don't, I don't talk to many homeless people. Not anymore. When I first moved here, I did like an idiot, and uh, and what I noticed was there were some homeless people who were like, you know, very young, I'm talking maybe 30, 35 years old. And you can see, you can see at that age, they are like really on the, on the verge of going over the cliff. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, not, yeah. they're not there yet, but you could tell like within another couple of years, they're gone. Right. Yeah and, yeah. and it's, 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 it's the, it's a lot of things. It's the drug addiction. It's the, um, it's the, 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 uh, the tough life of living on the streets, a lot of things that go into it. But wow. the fact matters we do not deal with the mental health issue in this country and that leads to this homelessness. It, it leads to people being violent on the streets, it leads to gun violence, it leads to all this stuff, and we do not address it. We give it plenty of lip service, but we don't really address it.
5: Right, 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 right. Well let me let me now oh, man, this is interesting. You no know, if I could throw this at you, right? And, 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 and I, okay, so I'm sixty five.
0: How old are you? Fifty one.
5: Oh my goodness! Well, then you're. all I, – I We went through this before, so you're almost in my age category. So you you can relate. And I didn't see some of these shows the first time around. Maybe I was five or six years old, but I saw them in the reruns. Whatever. Okay.
0: All these you you shows, and Daniel are both sixty five. You're both the same. No, age.
5: well, yeah. Okay, so if you look at like, okay, so here, the way I put it is here. Here would be like because this is the things I've thought through, man. It's like totally what you're talking about. There used to be a time when. you you could live a life of quiet dignity what i'm saying is that you could literally you could live a minute you could work a minimum wage job right and you know and usually if you did maybe you had to do a side hustle because you're good at one thing you know 10 hours a week at your free you know maybe you had a, a little side hustle maybe maybe not but you but literally you could have a minimum wage job and you could have a room in a boarding house, not with a bunch of bums, because that's what it became, and that's kind of okay, because people all got brought up, and, and people, okay. But so, in other words, and so, but yeah, you could get, and you might have to share, at worst, a shower down the road, but usually you had your own little small little shower or bathroom in your own place, you know, and, and but no hot plate. You couldn't cook, but you'd go to the diner down the street. Literally no cooking, right? Okay, but, but you could do that. In other words, well, here's another thing. Rich people were the only ones who bought houses. Right. This is important until the 30s. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but, it, but this is the kind of thing that you, going from like Democrat to like the other side, say, oh, wait a minute, maybe I should be more either loud or put words in your mouth, libertarian or Republican, conservative. This is what an example. Mm-hmm. Poor folks and middle-class folks, lower middle-class folks, didn't buy houses until the thirties when the government said we'll guarantee the loans. Then the banks did it. The banks were just as robber baron as they've ever been. They didn't just get religion and say, "Hey, let's be nice and do loans to you know word. Okay, they did it because the government backed the loans. Up until then, middle-class folks didn't get. It, so they made it like everybody's got to own a house now. That happened from the thirties to the forties to the fifties. You know, after the war, now everybody had money, and it's like so. What that meant was. Oh, you're a renter? Well, you're in that class of people that just didn't do enough. You didn't quite do just quite enough to, cause everybody should own a house. So if you don't own a house, well, something's, you know, something's wrong with you. No, if you only had, this is what I mean about it's almost like we pretend that everybody can be upper middle class, but you can't. And so it's just crazy. It gets complicated. I don't want to go off. So, but so in other words, the, so we think that everybody can do it and we can't. And so a minimum wage job, forget about it. You can't. It's just impossible. 60 hours a week at a minimum wage job, you can't have pay rent utilities. It used to be the, the norm was one week's pay for basic rent, another week for probably all your expenses or not, not a whole week. you know. But then you had like over half of your pay per month just to be yours, maybe the IRS. But, but now you have to pay like 50 or 60% of your wage just to rent. It's just impossible. So that's, that's my point. So you can't live that life of just having a minimum wage job and eking out an okay life. Okay. Let me give you just two quick examples. So there's i I'm going to be goofy here, but there's two shows. Our Ms. Brooks, And it was a very popular show on actually radio and uh, early TV. And it was the principal who was there. He was a big boss ogre, but, and it was the teacher. And then the teacher got driven to school by the senior in high school. there. And so it was almost like that. And then there was a rocket. The point is, is that at Christmas time, they were all pawning stuff at the local pawn shop. Even the principal, they were all on the same level to to try to buy gifts. They all had roofs over their head. Right, the teacher, Armis Brooks, the big star. She was really famous, at Eve Arden, and she lived in a house and rented from this old lady, landlady, who was a widower. Right, that's how. She had. And the principal. So, in other words, everybody was in the same boat. Everybody struggled. There was a, there was like a com, a com, there was like a a commons, you know. There was the rich that were always out of touch, and everybody wasn't going to be rich. Everybody knew that, you know. Even doctors didn't make tons of money. They still did house calls into the sixties, you know, and so. You know, it's just like, what happened to America? (laughs) You know, what happened to that thing where you could work and, you know, do the right thing, put your nose in a grindstone for 40 hours and be able to put a roof over your head, pay for groceries and maybe be in a bowling league and have a couple of beers on the weekend, right?
0: Right. Right. Well, look, uh, someone said this, there was a woman on on Fox and she said that she was a regular, they're doing like a panel. And she said something that was very what I thought really rang true, which is the middle class has been pushed down to the working poor and the working poor have now been it's now been pushed down to the dirt, the absolutely, um, absolutely, incredibly poor working poor. In other words, one job used to do it. Doesn't do it anymore. You needed two jobs to do it. Doesn't do it anymore. Now, three jobs don't even do it anymore. When you're living in a place like New York or San Francisco or many big cities, but especially New York and San Francisco, we have, oh, well, the working dirt poor, she said. That's what we have now. We have the working dirt poor. And that's what a lot of the middle class has become people who work jobs or two jobs or three jobs and still can't afford to pay their rent. And their utilities, and put food on their tables, especially if they have families. It's tough enough if you're single. Trust me. Yeah. But if you have a family, it's impo- impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. They, this is a bottom. This is exactly what has happened here. Like in well, San Francisco, I yeah. see people. I see people going to like these, still joining these these incredibly expensive gyms, like Equinox. Now this gym costs like three hundred fucking dollars a month, Lance. Three hundred dollars a month. Okay. For a gym. Now you know, in, in, in many U.S. Jesus. in many U.S. cities, that's a studio apartment rent, right? In many cities, you can get a studio apartment for about three, four hundred dollars a month. Here, people go for gym memberships. So I'm, I'm looking at people and I'm thinking, well, this Equinox gym—they keep on opening new ones. There are like five of them in the city, even post-COVID. So they must be getting people to join. So there's still plenty of people in this city who are fucking loaded, man, loaded. Now most of them are techies, right? We know that. Look at the look at assholes like Joel Roth and Goddard yeah. millions of um, The, the inter- deciding what's deciding what's the good free speech and what's not good free speech, right. What's good science and not good science? These are the people well, who are still making a ton of money, but it's become a city of those people and the poor, right? That's what's happening. Right.
5: Right. Right. Well, what's interesting? This is just kind of not, not off a tangent, but like okay, phone books back in the day. Remember phone books? Yeah. Well, you know. Manhattan you get the phone book and it was one gigantic white pages one gigantic yellow pages then you go to San Francisco huge yellow pages and a pretty small white pages so it's like the tourism of all of the you know cuz that's what San Francisco it didn't have a lot of industry like and it's it's a huge huge uh, uh financial uh juggernaut even to this day compared to Los Angeles I mean, maybe L.A. overtook it at various times, but between San Francisco, man, forget about it. It was the, that was the money, you know, uh, capital of the West. So I'm not saying, oh, just a tourist town. No, but it was like the Yellow Pages were huge. So it's like, it's, it's a different kind of a place in terms of like the population of San Francisco. It's got a tiny black population. It's like 5%. It's like, it's an anomaly city. It's Oz. You know, it's like Mars, you know, it's like San Francisco. It's like in some other stratosphere that, that like it's just an anomaly in and of itself <laughs> of any other major city. It's not connected to anything. Seattle is like the gritty kind of northwest town, you know, sea, you know, sea bearing town. L.A. is like Hollywood. So that's kind of la la land, too. But San Francisco is like la la land on, on acid. You know, it's crazy.
0: Well, it's also look, the fact of the matter is, is that what in a ha- good way. Yeah. But what, what's happening here? Is, is happening in a lot of American cities. It really is. It's happening in a lot of American cities, which is that the people who cannot afford the extremely high rents and the extremely high lifestyles are being forced to move out and move to places that are a lot cheaper, more maybe more urban or suburban, more, more suburban rural places, especially if you have a family, especially if you want to. You, there's no way most people can afford to raise a family in San Francisco. And even if they wanted to, it's so dangerous here, Even if they can afford to. It's so dangerous here. I would never raise kids here. I would never allow my children. Look, I'm not one of those people who are, like, afraid of everything and think kids should be afraid of everything. Right. But I would not let my children ro- run around this city on Super- right. right.
1: No way. Right. No way.
5: Right 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 i got you you're a 59 you're not a helicopter parent if you know the neighborhood safe your kid can go to the park a few blocks away if he's a certain age i get you oh yeah 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 no no i know what you mean it's crazy the thing about it is is that uh this whole homeless thing about that is um yeah you know the the, the whole uh the, the whole you know uh 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 economics of it and then so we wind up with these families that are homeless because of what I was saying that was really the point of talking about quiet dignity now you can't now you wind up homeless you can't live that life uh but here's here's something else though right and uh of of how all this stuff happened right so back in the day and this is inevitable right gentrification okay so this guy named Tom Verlaine just died he literally you know who I mean I, I, I've heard of them. I've heard of him. All right. Well, anyway, he literally started the scene at CBGB's. It was him and his bandmate who became Richard Hell of the Voidoids. And he wasn't punk the way that whatever. Uh, th- so they started it at CB. They went there and said, Yeah, we're a bluegrass band just to get him in there the first night. Then it was punk. And the guy didn't care about <laughs> Hilly Crystal, CB, you know, country bluegrass blues. It was punk. It was different. It was, you know, whatever. And so, uh, he created that whole scene, whatever. And, uh, so then, it was an art scene that really coincided that we're talking about keith herring and then john basquiat and all that stuff that funky graffiti art that became like priceless art now uh and all that stuff i remember when i used to hang out there before i lived in new york city limos showing up at these graffiti laden buildings like two-story building one of the few areas in new york Lower east side you know east village and it started to get you know, cool is where all the people from uptown and the upper east side, and upper west side and the night, you know, would come downtown, they see Max's Kansas City and all these places, right? Then it would get gentrified and the money would come in. Like I said, the limos would show up. In the, okay. Then Soho became the place. Lofts. Lofts were cheap. Even when I was hanging out there looking for a sublet, $600 for a gigantic loft that are like millions of dollars now. That was for a summer sublet for a whole summer. All right. Point, then Soho became like De Niro and all the famous people because everything got pushed <laughs> yeah. out and gentrified. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the point, right? Not to belabor. Just, to, but so all that happened, gentrification happens. But now what you've got is instead of folks like in my generation and in our generation that want that coolness, you live in a ritzy neighborhood or even if you live in the suburbs of a city, you go downtown for the action. But these are like second generation suburbanites now. And all they want to do now is just take a, like a bad decrepit neighborhood, not go in as like the starving artist and create a scene and then get gentrified. No, they're just the already gentrified and they just want to swoop in kick everybody out and create this like phony faux like hipster neighborhoods that are just like it's like artificial flowers instead of some like flowering you know art scene or flowering music scene or any the fuck other thing i literally will leave you with this down in east village some ritzy people said look we move down here and we're paying a lot of rent we don't like the smell of Chicken fried chicken because there was a chicken wing joint in New York fucking city in the Lower East Side of East and Said, "Yeah, we want you to we want to pass this on. We want to do something. We want you to do something about this fried chicken smell. Get the fuck just shoot. Just line these people up and shoot."
0: Well, and there's more than that. There was Michael Michael Schellenberger. Thank you Lance for the call, by the way. I always uh, always appreciate always appreciate your call, Lance. Uh, Michael Schellenberger on that topic posted. A photo today of people doing drug deals in San Francisco, just simply doing drug deals in San Francisco. Drug dealers used to hide what they were doing. Not anymore. Watch the drug buyer in the plaid shirt. There's a guy in a plaid shirt buying drugs from a dealer. Neither show the least concern about police, which were right there. The police were very close. So they're just totally brazen now. Why are they brazen? Well, one the police will often not do anything. Two, if the police do something, they know they'll be out in about a couple of hours anyway and back on the streets dealing drugs. So it's worth it to them. Once again, here, here. Crime pays. In San Francisco, crime pays. In big in Democrat-run cities, crime pays. What they used to say, if you do, don't do the crime, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Well, There's no time to do anymore. So if you don't have to do time, you're going to do crime, right? And that's what it comes down to. Once again, once again, once again. Yeah, once again, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If there's no punishment, there's going to be crime. If the people who, who committed crimes during COVID are not punished, there'll be more crime of that kind in the future. And the same thing goes here. The same thing goes here. If people know it's, it, it's like they'll understand the, diff, the, the 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 punishment, the punishment, the crime and punishment. Is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. Crime pays. It's worth it. To do even a night in jail or a couple of days in jail is worth it when you're going to get out and make another several thousand dollars, then maybe spend another night in jail. And, I'm, and Wait a minute. And this is worse than it is. This is not the way it is. These people aren't going to jail constantly. They hardly ever end up locked up. And they make so much money from dealing drugs, they can put their bail up. If their bail is more than a dollar, which often it's only a dollar, then they have the money to put up for their bail. So it's, it's all worth it. Their business is worth – in other words, the, the positives in their business outweigh the negatives in their business. Their overhead isn't that bad. It's a good overhead for them. It's a good profit margin. It's like a pizzeria, right? So this is what's happening in, in our cities. This is what's happening in our cities. They're not even afraid of the cops anymore. They're not because they're not afraid of the district attorneys anymore. The cops know the DAs won't do anything. So the cops don't bother arresting them. When you do that, would you spend your time arresting people when you know they'll be out later that day or the next day and you'll see the exact same people on the street and those exact same people will be laughing in your face. Arrest me again, cop. The whole fucking system sucks. And it all has to change. Here in San Francisco, the DA will prosecute prosecute a a store owner, a multi-generational store owner for spraying a homeless person with water for five seconds. But they won't prosecute drug dealers, people who assault others in the streets, rapists, murderers. But they'll prosecute store owners, small business owners. This is the city I live in, Lance. It ain't 1982 anymore, baby. It ain't 1982 anymore. <sighs> get me that time machine. Get get me that time machine. Me, you know, I'm going to save. There's a couple of things I wanted to. I, I did want to read that article. Um. But I think I'll save it for tomorrow because it's a pretty long article. I would, I'd like to read the whole thing. It's a pretty long article. And I'd like to read the whole thing so we can understand what someone who really understands, really understands how Democrats are really destroying our children. Democrats are destroying our children. They destroyed our children with COVID lockdowns. They destroyed our children with mass mandates. They destroyed our children with closing the schools. Uh, they destroyed our children with remote learning. They're destroying our children, giving them these poison vaccines. And now they're destroying children with this fucking bat crap, crazy idea that minors should be able to mutilate themselves. As Jamie Reid says in this article, morally and medically appalling. So. OK, I'll give you the, I'll give you the last word in the second lands. I just want people. I, let's all let's all make a pact. To be back here tomorrow night for the big Friday night show. I'm also going to have reviews of the films *Close* and *Magic Mike*. You'll want to be here for that. But also, to I'll read this article and I'll I'll, I'll try to remember, or someone can remind me, <laughs> to read this article at the beginning of the show. Um, at, at, on the Free Press. So we'll all be back here tomorrow night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, for a Big Friday Night Show. And I'll read this. And, uh, I think it's really, I, I think, I think we need to spend more time talking about these things. We need to spend more time talking about our children, our children, protecting our children, protecting the innocence of children. Cause we know, we know we've all been through it. Innocence lasts a very short period of time. If you ever have it, it lasts a very short period of time and Democrats want to shorten that period of time of innocence. And I believe it's sick. It's just in, incredibly. Incredibly sick, and is more about COVID, more of the hearings that have been going on in Congress um, that I also want to play, more clips. So there'll be a lot of other stuff to talk about. But Lance, you're getting the last word tonight. What's up, Lance? What do you want to talk You want to talk about the crime thing?
5: Oh, well, yeah, that letter. I'll, I'll just share, a, uh, kind of a, give you a picture. So there was this guy named, uh, he had a place called Bergman's. And this guy could have been albino. <laughs> he had practically white hair, not because was he was. This? Old. Was this
0: New York City?
5: No, it was in Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Syracuse. Okay. Right. And he catered to what at the time, maybe you're old enough to remember, uh, primarily black, not entirely a uh, 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 clientele. I'm talking about guys when there was still jazz clubs downtown, and black folks would dress to the nines. I mean, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, of course.
5: Okay. Of course. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, if you're in like a club with this black and white, you know, Mick crowd, you know, the blacks are going to be like dressed generally way sharper. That just, that was their thing. Okay. Fine. So that's what he catered to. And he was explaining how they did this $3 million project. And he said, I guarantee it was to fuck up the uh, ethnic businesses that were coming down there. Two more examples. There was this. I hate to say it, I'm Italian, and my uncle knew these guys, etc. He, you know, baseball fan. They had this place out in a swampy area of the city that was built in the thirties, a AAA ballpark, right? So they've got to rebuild it finally. Okay, let's get it the fuck out of the swamp. Well, the family, yeah, whatever they did, we were gonna, they were gonna build it downtown in a huge area where we could have had. Imagine that. You know, several thousand people. Maybe not ten thousand or fifty, but you know, five or six thousand Triple A, a successful Triple A club with a brand new baseball stadium. They built it back over in the same swamp area. They were gonna build it downtown. It would have brought people down at seven o'clock at night. They don't play day games, you know, uh anymore, mostly, except weekends. The parking would have been great. It would have brought several thousand people down. Okay. Another one, the galleries, it was called, right? And it was gonna be which it was, a food court. With some businesses, they were going to do a a a a a threeplex, a triplex, or you know, right? Small little. Remember when they had small little theaters? And it was what if that would have brought people downtown every night? You know, with their few dollars, to go to the movies when it wasn't a million dollars? No, you know why? Because it's a racist motherfucking northern Jim Crow town. That's why ultimately. And they said, no fucking way. We're going to have these riffraff people because we know that the lower middle class can afford a goddamn AAA ticket. God, you can get them free almost because they would get them in there, you know, for concession, right? AAA ball. All right. Or oh, fucking movies. We're going to have all these All these hip-hop movies. You know, right? New Jack City. Right? So they nixed it. And you know what keeps Neighborhood safe? What? More cops? No. It's when you have a thriving city it is lit and open, and there's yes, people yes. teeming around downtown Absolutely. until 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm yeah. saying, Mike?
0: Yeah. London Breed comes out. I'll talk more about this tomorrow in her State of the City address. By the way, there's I, 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 could, I, can, I can think of 80 million things I'd rather do than watch London Breed here in San Francisco. <laughs> in but in her State of the City address, she's actually said, oh, the, the downtown San Francisco that we knew is no, is no more. and will never be again see, this is the new normal great reset that these people wanted. They got what they wanted. She'll talk – the moron liberals will watch her and think, oh, it's just an unfortunate – oh, it's an unfortunate side effect. Of, they, don't, they don't care about vaccine side effects, but the unfortunate side effect of, of COVID. What are you going to do? Oh, well, she's trying her best. No, this is what these Democrats wanted. They wanted just, their cities to be destroyed. They yes, and the
5: be- black mayors are worse. I'm sorry, Mike. But I know it's your show, and you got as much to say, but i got to just throw this in, man. I just texted that in Sabby's show. I said, we are right now on the left. Imposing the we gotta. I said, I want to take a brick through the Overton window, and I said that we are doing on the left the soft bigotry of low expectations, self imposed.
0: Absolutely, that's the the, uh, let me let you go call back tomorrow, all right? Because I want to talk more about this and other other things. Um, uh, okay, all right, hold on, who's who's. Okay, I said I said Lance would get the last word, but we haven't spoken to Brady in a while. Hey, Brady! what's up, dudes? <laughs> How you doing? I love Brady with his deep radio voice. Brady's got a deep radio. You know that, right? I told you that before, haven't I?
6: You you love me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I, I like your voice, Brady. I I wouldn't go that far to say I love you. (laughs) I'm not
6: used to this kind of energy, but I'll take it, man. I'll take it and work with it. Um, I've not been getting a lot of love here on Colin. It's been, like, beyond frustrating, actually. I feel like I've done a lot of work this week to actually, like, make some kind of progress towards a legitimate third party. And I've been nothing but smeared, thrown under the bus, ignored – um who is who's
2: who who uh, by who
6: insulted
4: by yeah who? it's been by, you know, by other, sh- every
6: other shows single other member shows? of the synthetic left if, if you notice someone on call-in you're like man that guy's kind of a shit lib it was definitely one of those people oh i see okay okay, okay i get you
0: i get you what do you, you, you mean, mean they're I also you, have you, for it. you mean they are they're they're giving you problems for starting for trying to start a third party
6: Yes, they are roadblocking a legitimate third party. Well, don't both sides do that, Brady? They do. They really do. Even people that not just both sides, my dude, but the non-voting block of the quote-unquote independent people are just as fucking feckless. Just as fucking feckless, too. People who like to call themselves independent aren't any fucking better than uh, conservatives or liberals. They're not any fucking better.
0: Because both sides play the same game, Brady. You know what both sides do. Both sides say, Oh, by creating the third party, you're just hurting blank. Blank, right? You're just hurting good you're just hurting Republicans if you're on the right and you want to start a third party. If you're on the it's left you're that. just hurting Democrats, yeah. so you're an awful person because you're you're hurting you know people. What? Yeah.
6: You know, I gotta be real with you, man. I'm gonna be totally real with you. Honestly, it's easier for me to convert um people from the Democratic Party and the Republican Party than it is to recruit uh independents right now. It's fucking insane. <laughs> Which doesn't make
0: any sense because independents are...
6: I shit, you, aren't, not. I shit you not. This is where the fuck we are, dude. This is where the fuck we are. Um Like, but- I shit you not. I can go... I can take my camera on the street tomorrow. I can go talk to random Democrats, random Republicans all across this country. I can find a 100 people tomorrow that would be willing to vote for me. Right? Straight up vote for me. I could talk to him for two minutes. They're ready to vote for me, right? Mm -hmm. Quote, unquote, progressive independence here on Colin will not even read the platform I spent all week writing. You know what I mean? Okay. They ignore actual progress every time they're confronted with it. And I
0: have the receipts for it. I think think so many people in this country are just in the habit they're used to a two party system man i mean it's just it's it's been ingrained in them since they were born that we are a party of democrats and republicans and well, any any anyone said who, it, too fucking right and, too many people and, and anyone else is, is just tough. a troublemaker anyone else is just a troublemaker brady anyone else is a troublemaker. yeah, troublemaker.
6: yeah. I'm, I'm a very proud insubordinate um and i'm very happy to make these people as uncomfortable as i have to to make progress happen so i recommend that they don't stand in my way or they're going to become part of my project and <laughs> they're going to become my target sorry guys you're not going to like me if you're in my way so, do not uh, stand between me and my goal or you're really not going to like me surprise bitches! oh i'm pushy guess what isaac you're a feckless bitch. Wait,
0: wait, so what's better hold
6: on. which one's I want better to being pushy or a little bit feckless, incapable of any progress. Which I one's want, worse?
0: I want people. To Which understand would you rather be? People. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I want outsiders. I want people who aren't used to the people in this room understanding that right now they're 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 throwing some nasty shit at you. You know, when it comes to I guess what your plan is or what you've proposed so far, um, Brady. So give me. Can you give me like a very cool one of your idea of, of your yeah of your.
6: Yeah, thanks, man. You're like actually the first person to ask. Thanks, dude. I'll drop a link in the chat. And um in a nutshell, the idea is to create a legitimate third party that unites conservatives and liberals, independents and collectivists together in a more harmonious relationship that is not an antagonistic one. So we can all achieve our goals, whether those goals are individualist, you know, individual freedom or um, collective safety, whatever it is. Let's find a way to make every, we ha, we have more in common than we have differences, but everyone's fighting so perfectly right now with each mm-hmm, other.
7: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I don't know
6: how. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. the deep state is doing it, but they're fucking doing a brilliant job. I think a lot of it has to do with uh psychotropic medication. I think a lot of the people, I think a lot of my critics actually are on psychotropic medication and I would love to challenge them on that anytime. Um, and I think that's a major um, well, I, influence I, in the psychopathy that we see here wow. in America. I think the legacy media – I don't
0: mean to interrupt you, Liberty, yeah. but I think the legacy media has done a very good job of brainwashing people. No need for medication. There's
6: yeah. No for so the, I don't, the nutshell version of the party, just in a nutshell, is that we're trying to legalize psychedelics as a way to elevate people's consciousness and repair the damage that alcohol, is, alcohol and pharmaceuticals have actually done to the human brain as a way to repair social psychopathy and actually live in a more, more harmonious environment so we can repair the earth and explore space together. Like that That's the whole goal of the party in a nutshell.
0: You know, Brady, you're like a I, – I don't say this in a bad way. Don't don't get offended by this. You're like kind of a relic of that. You know what I'm
6: saying? I, 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 you, you talk about – Yeah, I'm an old soul.
0: But old soul is a better way to yeah. say it. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. You know, and I, I don't. I don't know how. I'm,
6: no offense taken. It's uh, criticism. <laughs> say
0: again? No, no, it,
6: it's, no. No offense
0: taken. It's an accurate
6: criticism, but also not a criticism, I'm incredibly an
0: observation,
6: good. observation. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a. It's a. Yeah. There you go. It's a perfectly, per, perfectly, uh, good observation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But so I'm also I, hip enough to keep up with the young kids too. There's a lot of uh youth. Uh, action on the platform as well, like lowering the voting age, getting rid of homework, uh, making free organic food available at all the schools, um,
0: all that kind of stuff. That all sounds good to me, in fact. It really does. Um, I just, you know, I I, I sense you're getting obviously a lot of pushback from the left because a lot of other, I understand a lot of these other shows uh, on on call in a very left wing. So I'm getting... Left. the chat left. You, could, you could examine the
6: chat right now and see that Lance says oh my nut job idea like what's so nut job about my idea here's Schmo says because it's self-serving do some personal critique of course it's self-serving dude it's it's, it's it's the idea of the party is to serve the entire fucking planet as an earthling it's self-serving by proxy so you really fucking got me there bro like you know what i mean these criticisms are fucking nothing they're, they're less than nothing. You guys have no point. You're, you're embarrassments, honestly. I would be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourselves because I am taking notes of your behavior, and I will be making a report on it. And you guys should be ashamed of yourselves.
0: You know, I'm glad you actually believe in something, Brady, and, and you are very considered – you've been, you know <laughs> – You've been calling my show a little inconsistently, but when you call, you've been very consistent in you, what you talk about. about. You know what
6: you so you got to be careful who you let on stage because a lot of people have me blocked. So if you let a speaker on stage who has me blocked, I can't call in. What? It. Well, say, that, say that again. Yeah, there's some there's something mass here on call-in master blockers are people who block a bunch of people they don't like and then weasel their way onto the stage as a speaker and they they get a megalomaniacal um kick out of censoring their enemies yeah Yeah. and censoring people they don't want to debate i see so other people can
0: hear them but you can't hear them by the way brady i think i'm I'm hearing feedback i think you might want to lower the volume or something because i'm hearing myself come through on you I understand what you're saying. Okay, so other people can hear, but you can't hear them. I get it. That's that's kind of a crazy. I don't believe in this blocking. What is this blocking shit? Whether it comes to call in or Twitter or Facebook, you can't do that in life. Deal with people. Hey, people, deal with people about. Okay, that's exactly I- what
6: I'm I'm suggesting is when you try to block someone, what you're doing is you're missing an opportunity to learn how to deal with a different personality. Of course, and, a, diff- a different or someone point you of view. With right
0: yes absolutely and, um, absolutely I, I i would like to start if happens, i ran twitter I, i'd ban i'd ban banning i'd ban blocking i take it away if someone is horrible towards someone and, and being violent and threatening and bullying they can be reported but this whole blocking thing yeah, is bullshit yeah.
6: and here's what ends up happening is inevitably y'all can y'all can ban and block me all you want but you will inevitably run into another version of me and you won't be able to block him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, so you might as well learn to deal with me now. Hey, I'm more than just one person.
0: Is you know what photo? I mean? Like, is that your photo? That is me. You're, you're not a bad looking guy, Brady.
6: Well, I felt like it was a fitting picture because I'm kind of frowning a bit in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind, of, kind of how I feel No, it's a,
0: it's a nice photo it's not like you're giving anyone the finger it's a nice photo it's a neutral photo I think it's a new it's a neutral.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I do have a beautiful. couple of pictures I actually did have a profile picture of me flicking people off like doing the the, the middle finger but yeah people didn't get people didn't think it was funny yeah. so <laughs>
0: hey, any more run-ins with Beto O'Rourke
6: Man, I tried to meet him that day. Turns out it was just an event where they were playing uh, a audio of him speaking. So I wasn't actually. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: great. Um, that's great. Very big. I thought
6: that was kind of, I still had a blast. And it was a cool venue that I actually need to go talk to tomorrow. Um, thanks for reminding me. And um yeah, I'm actually trying to get some Rage Against the War Machine events going on here in Texas. So we can show them how it's really done. And I don't want to. Uh, chin wag on you too long i see we got a line of callers behind me that probably want to respond or something or other so i don't want to be one of those guys that talks forever you're you're
0: good at getting people to call in i like you brady come in the show more often yeah come on in
6: right on anytime
0: (laughs) brady it's always good hearing from you and your radio voice thank
6: you much appreciated (laughs) all
0: right all right let's go to uh bill 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 you there
7: Hey, Mike, can you hear me okay? Yep. I gotta keep it down so I don't wake anybody. Um, I, I just woke up. I, okay. I don't know what the subject of your call was tonight, but there was a lot of things I was going to talk about that can wait till tomorrow or the next show. I have a, I do calling as a host and I've done it and for about, six months i had nine shows in In the people's corner six shows i did in meathead's corner and i'm having trouble publishing i never had any conflict with anyone for the majority of the time but there got to be a period where brady is an interesting character you see he presents himself in one way to you and yet to me I'll tell you what, if, I, if it was, I was in a bar and he talked to the way he talked to me calling in my younger days.
0: Now you're much bigger than him. You're much bigger than him, Bill. In my, in
7: my younger days, I would have had a hard time controlling myself. Well, but Mike, you know, I'm very usually direct and I don't say insulting things. And this young man. I would not tolerate him talking to me the way he speaks to me when I, if, if we were one on one, I would, I would, yeah, I'm telling you. So let's put a pin in it. I do not, as a call in host, there's a block option because I don't have to tolerate that. He can have free speech anywhere he wants, but if he's going to come into my room and say the things he said to me, which always end up in vulgar, uh, personal attacks on me. Right. I don't have to tolerate that.
0: But, Bill, why don't you just not let him speak if you if you control the room?
7: Well, well, the, the, the issue is, the problem is with the call-in app, is that if you block someone, because he'll go in your chat. I mean, the things he has said in my chat, I'm not even going to repeat. And even what he has DM'd me. Okay? okay? So... I did get to a point because there's a bunch of young people who haven't learned how to control their tongue, right? And they think that this is okay. And so finally I got to the point, you know, I grew up in locker rooms, Mike. And I was like, well, even women who would uncork with F-bombs, and you know what? There's a lot of people in Calhoun who are cop-haters. Literal cop haters are anarchists. They hate cops. I always commend good cops, and I complain against bad cops. I've gotten four legal arrests dropped in four consecutive years while I'm reporting crimes against the Catholic Church. Three arrests had to do with the Catholic Church, right? One had to do with a corrupt attorney's office. One was at court operations, so in the courthouse while I'm filing subpoena requests, outing a corrupt judge—that's a whole nother story—for yeah. a scheduled hearing. The point of the system's broken, okay? And so I know, and I'm, I've gotten judges recused, four judges in probate. I've gotten criminal judges removed from my cases, and I've gotten civil housing. I've been in appellate courts, and housing court, and probate courts. In family courts, as a litigant, and I've gotten, I mean, there's a Judge Emons, I got recused, who was never reinstated to the bench. I, I make my reports, I file them in the courthouse, and then I send them to House of Representatives and Senators on the state and federal level, to the Attorney General's office. I know what I'm doing. Uh, but Bill, what is but Mike, 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 I have people coming in to call in. Okay. Who have no, haven't learned in this present day culture how to have any respect. And they come in and they will use all forms of verb, verbiage. And I call it verbage because it's garbage with verbiage. That's a slang. And I don't need to tolerate that. It, look at, I, there's, the other thing is I push controversial subjects like Alex Jones and the free speech issue. I know, I
0: know, I know. know.
7: Okay? And I go a step further because, I and I've DM'd you things, Mm -hmm. on the crime tables in Connecticut, on FOIA hearings that I break down, and there's a lot more to that Alex Jones story that involves subpoena violations of material evidence and witnesses in FOIA hearings, and the violators are the Newtown officials and the state officials. And there's a reason that's happening that needs to be uncorked and that should have been litigated out. But the, 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 the Connecticut and Texas courts put Alex Jones case into default. So I, I can break that down that with and, and tell you all the illegal actions by the judges in both states that violated.
0: Yeah, let's look into that now. But what no, I'm just
7: telling you, you. You've gotten my DMs. I want to say to the audience, and I need to say this: the FBI crime tables in 2012, Table Eight, on the state of Connecticut, including the town of Newtown. There, there, there's, uh, I have to remember, somewhere in the number of 83 to 86 or murders overall in the state of connecticut in that year of 2012 there are zero in the crime table for newtown sandy hook enough said so in other words alice jones had every right and i do as a reporter and any other reporter to investigate that there's no malice in that and to break down and break down FOIA hearings where state and city officials are violating subpoena where there should have been motions for contempt and perjury and i know what i'm doing because i've motion judges for bench warrants for capius warrants so i know what i'm talking about yeah, i can't even get people to spend a minute or two on the litigation issues does anybody care about the rights of free speech let me talk then brady said well you care so much about free speech of black people well if we're talking about free speech and we're talking about issues, that's fine. You start coming at me with personal attacks and telling me uh, things that um, I, w- I wouldn't tolerate in person that I haven't heard as a bouncer anyone say to me, even bikers, Come then on, Bill, we got a problem. Bill,
0: Bill, this is the same thing we talk about with Twitter and Facebook and going back and forth with people. And people always say, hey, would you talk to me like that in person? Of course, the answer is no. But this is a different world, Bill. And you know, we all talk. Then, about- then I can
7: block people. That's what the block option
2: is for. I understand,
0: but let me finish this. We all talk about very passionate, hot button issues that we feel very passionately about. And this this is what happens when you – we're not just talking about, the, hey, isn't it nice that the weather was beautiful today? Oh, isn't it? Hey, no, 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 no. In your so when you're talking about these very hot button and passionate issues, you're going to get passionate responses. And I understand. You're going to tell me there's a difference between passion and personal attacks. I agree 100%. I'm not going to disagree with that. But once again, we, we all come at this from very – we're all very here, – here's something we have in common. Brittany said we all have more in common than we don't. One thing we all have in common here is we're very, very – very and you are bill very passionate about what you believe in and what you talk about okay it's going to get responses sometimes that aren't great that we- well
2: let
7: me tell you what happened mike i grew up in the locker rooms so it's like you people want to hear locker room talk i was like i'm going to expose this so people started calling into me and mouthing off or, or who had or were going to defend those who mouth off and i'm like okay you want locker room talk i could give it baby as soon as i did that they all started crying wolf like a bunch of babies
0: I know it's just some childish stuff. I, 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 and so,
7: no, 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 Mike. So then I'm like, okay, now it's exposed. The 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 things I've heard from people that that I'm I, I'm I. I have no family. And this isn't This is another one. I have no family. I have no friends. I'm going to die alone in my own filth. Um, let's see. What was the end of that one? Uh, keep preaching. I'm like, this is a guy who's regularly on calling and I'm as a host. And I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Or another guy saying, um, uh, you know, keep proselytizing. Um, you know, I quote Jesus Christ. Hey I'm proud of that and I'm proud of Jesus and I'm a, I'm not and and I fight the Catholic church and I out their corruption I'm trying out that evil out of the Catholic church how many people have you know have a thank you letter from the Attorney General of New York, Leticia James, for assisting her investigation, which I have put in your live chat, which I can put again?
0: No, I know. I know you put it there many times. All right.
7: How many people have gotten the probate court? No. Uh, wait a minute. Their CPA put in prison? I have. He, now, when people are corrupt, not just no. corrupt with me. So I'm a whistleblower. Yeah,
0: Bill, and I'm I'll be your, damned. I'm on, I'm on your if, side, Bill. I'm on your side. I'm for the free and open exchange of all of this stuff. And it's once again. I have my own opinions on some things. Some things I don't have. I don't have a fucking opinion on everything. I don't know. I know a lot of stuff, Bill. I don't know everything about everything. But we all. I I I totally support 100% free speech and your 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 right to talk about and have an opinion about anything you want to talk about. And oh, that's always welcome on this show. That's always welcome on this show. I'm not. I'm not. You know, no one runs this show. David Sachs doesn't pay me to do this show. You know, I'm not. uh, I don't have sponsors like other people do. No one can tell me what to talk about, what not to, who to allow on this show, how much time to give people. So you know, you always have a place here, right?
2: Oh yeah,
7: there's a lot of hosts that tell me the same thing. I'm not. There's a small group where I just call them like. There's like a micro circle. And then there's bigger hosts like yourself and Sheila Dean and, uh, Isha and Garfield's like, you're my best caller, Bill Garfield. I have a lot of people who appreciate me. When I used to call it to Jimmy Dore, talk to him and Malcolm. There's a lot of people on am calling that I, uh, Aaron Mate, um, you know, that I, I don't have conflict with because, um, now, uh, you know, when I'm doing my own calling, I'm going to go places where people are uncomfortable, like a deep dive on Sandy Hook, based on the rule of law and uh, federal free speech laws, well, like look, Brandenburg may, versus I, Ohio I, I, I and I stuff.
0: I agree or disagree on you, but it certainly doesn't make me uncomfortable. Nothing. Going, it doesn't make me uncomfortable to go anywhere. What makes me uncomfortable are people who believe that, that, that children should be able to mutilate themselves without their parental consent.
7: Okay. Oh, I totally am against, um, all of that. You know, I'm, I, that's, that's another matter altogether. When you, if you're talking about the right for kids to, to, uh, without their parents' consent to, to do certain things like that, I'm completely opposed to that. That, that, that's, their, uh, their young minds are being influenced by a culture that's very sick, that, um that uh is pushing them in directions listen young kids can be uh very uncertain of a lot of things as they're growing up and they can change their minds and there have been people who've gone forward with those type of operations who later as i got older regretted it and made it public that they regretted they did that so there you have examples and Yes, you
0: know, Bill. I'm going to let you go because I'm, I'm going to wrap up the show in a little bit. I want to get to Gator. He's been waiting for a while. I, I you know, I, I do appreciate it. Well, gonna- I want to say one last
7: thing when, regarding anthropogenic causes of climate change. Whether to what degree they exist, we're never going to settle that debate. But I think we can all agree on uh, what people call environmentalism, which would help clean up the planet we all live on and 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 make it a better place. So I think that's a meeting ground. But there again. You know, if if people are going to like to throw F-bombs around, if I get upset, it's not because I'm mentally ill. It's because I'm upset with people talking to me in ways that I find disrespectful, period. And I I, I did it for a little bit just to give it back. And all I got was a bunch of crybabies from that. So
0: I'll let you go. I appreciate your call as always. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. Okay. Gator. Hey, Gator. How's it going? Hey, Mike. I'm good. Thanks you. Good. All right. Pretty good. It's getting a little feisty here tonight late, Gator.
4: Well, what were you originally talking about?
0: Oh, God, it's been two hours. I talk about everything. Well, what I was basically I was talking about, um, you know, the the covid hearings. We've been hearing Walensky, you know, the stuff that's going on on Capitol Hill talking about, uh, you know, the 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 Democrats pushing, you know, the uh, child mutilation, you know, allowing children to decide for themselves whether they you know, all that stuff we've been talking about. Is there anything you wanted to talk about? Did you want to talk about? Well, yeah, I was wondering
4: if you've seen the um, Seymour Hirsch story about uh, Nord Stream attacks yet.
0: A a little bit, a little bit of it. Why Why don't you tell me more about it?
4: Well, okay, look, basically, in a nutshell, he is saying that he's had access to information that says that the U.S. planned the attack on Nord Stream and initiated it in June of last year but they were talking about it as early as December 2020, I think. And they've essentially done it in co- direct coordination with um, Norway, who, so they were actively involved in, in it. It was actually Norwegian divers who were, part, were involved in it. Um, and then they remote detonated the, the, the um, charges using sophisticated equipment on a, on a significant delay. And they did. They put the charges in place due, during um, the Boltops Twenty Two um, operation, which was a planned exercise. And they did it. They basically got um, divers in there under the guise of um, essentially a mine warfare exercise, and, and they basically got it in, stuck these charges on, and they and instead of detonating them forty eight hours after the event, they the the um, Biden. Literally said the Biden administration, including Biden himself, said, how do we make these charges delay for longer? Because if it goes off two days after we've been in the area, that'll be dodgy. And they came up with a, with a mechanism of sonar, a, a very sophisticated piece of sonar triggering. Now, basically, it, it, in short, the people involved are directly US, CIA, off, outsourced to um, the Navy, the the Norwegians. The Germans are likely to have been aware of some of it, possibly all of it, but he doesn't he, he intimates something to do with the Germans, but he doesn't go into detail about what definitely was or wasn't known. Mm. And then there are some questions around, for example, Poland knowing something given certain things that have been tweeted. And he even names specific players being Biden, Newland, Blinken, um and Joel Sullivan, I think his name is the the his national security advisor Now, the reason you know, obviously this this is this is completely out of keeping with the denials that that were have the explicit repetitive denials that have been given by the U.S. not only at the time of the event, but but since and even now in final direct response to Hirsch's story, right? And it's worth watching Ned Price's denial um as the state um spokesman state's spokesperson because his denials are telling right he doesn't want any of the, the the journalists being able to take the airtime with the question he tries to move on repeatedly but the journalist goes at him again twice and hit the style of denial is very telling right but but the point of this is um and i think this is why you probably want to take a look at this is that what this means, if what Hirsch has said is true, is that the US has performed an act of war, which Hirsch does say, that's what it that's what it amounts to, but it just, he literally just puts in quotes, it's an act of war. But he doesn't really go into detail of how much war, because what the US and Norway have done is committed acts of war against Germany, an ally, and all of the allies in, your, in the European bloc who required who, or who depended upon gas from that pipeline. Yeah. And it's, and it's done it on a false yeah. flag basis using with, with, with in collusion with Norway, possibly Germany, maybe Poland knew about it. And I suspect the Brits bloody well knew about it. I'm certain we would have done. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest form of false flag war crime in probably the 20th or the 21st century, if what Hirsch has said is true.
0: Well, of course, the legacy media is going after Hirsch, hook, line, and sinker, saying that he's a total liar, he's insane, he used to do good work, but lately he's gone off the deep end. And, you know, they're using using that same line that the legacy media often uses, which is, he's helping Russia, right? Yeah, He's helping Putin. Uh, The insider, you know, one article after another, but this is businessinsider.com, the claim by a discredited, they're calling him a discredited journalist, that the U.S. secretly blew up the Nord Stream is proving to be a gift to Putin. Uh, Russia pounced on the claim, swiftly endorsing it, despite there being no current evidence of its truth. They called him a once-celebrated journalist whose recent work has come under sharp criticism. So, of course, the legacy media is totally pouncing on him and uh, and saying that uh, he's full of shit. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's – take that for what you – you know. For what it's worth, which is not, which is nothing.
4: <laughs> exactly, but let's let's think about when that's happened recently. The Twitter files. What happened? The <laughs> well, first response, yeah, first over, response over to attack Matt Taibbi, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Roll, roll, roll forward six or eight weeks. What's happened? The yeah. mainstream media have not reported it. They've not reported on anywhere near the spectrum of the Twitter files at all. I mean, yesterday or the day before was the congressional hearing. No, there's no reports of that in the WaPo or the New York Times, and everything in it. All of these documents that keep rolling out prove greater and greater truths about the nature of not only what social media is, how it's been co-opted, how the state uses it, how the state operates um, psyops and censorship and propaganda operations through them all, which includes and obviously spills over into the press because the press is actually engaging in this. Right. And then outcomes, hindsight, Hirsch. What did you get? The first thing is an ad hominem. This uh, and uh, in combined in timing with with, with unsophisticated denials and, a, and an unwillingness to engage in any of the content. Right? They don't, Ned Ned Price didn't even want to um, try to just listen to any of the um, detail. He just went, no, this is it's just complete and utter nonsense. He, he, that's all he could say right and he, and he said and, and you know and, and basically alluded to cy hirsch being in you know of questionable sanity right and and so so basically that tells you that th- there's an element of truth to it otherwise it wouldn't be suppressed and you know it's going it, it, the problem is the ramifications are literally gigantic but i but i believe that the problem you're going to get is that even amongst um, the the sources that will the outlets that will start to refer to it. People will have a hard time sitting there thinking about what these events, if Hirsch's accounts are true, what these events truly mean for each person's perception right. of the world in which they live. Well, now because if if it's true. Yeah. Most people's worldview of what their nation is, is going to go out of the window. Right. You
0: you keep saying if it's true. Now, if I'm a journalist, if I'm a real journalist, right? Okay, I'll take myself. Let's say I'm not taking any side on this issue. I don't know if it's Mm. true or it's not true. A real, real journalist would actually delve into it. Right. Right. They try to find out evidence if it's true or not true. Right. Instead of instead what we're getting, basically as I'm looking through all these legacy media articles about this, is this guy's crazy. The White House denies it, and they believe the White House's denial, and that's the end of that, right? No, that, that's yeah. not journalism. That's a PR. That's being a PR arm of the White House, which is the same thing we have seen through COVID, through the Twitter files. That's the real bullshit in this. I'm not saying that Hirsch says it's true, okay? And you keep saying if. You keep saying if. But as a real journalist would go out and try to find out If it's true or not, because why? Hey, man, Gator, if I'm a real journalist, what a story, right? Right. If it's true, if I can prove it's true and back up his story, my God, this is groundbreaking. But not if you work for the White House. Not if you work for the White House. Not if you're a PR arm of the U.S. government. You don't want to find out if it's true or not. You'd just rather bash it and say the guy's nuts,
4: right? I mean that's what they do. This is not real. We don't have real journalists anymore. But also – there's another there's a two there's two two aspects. One is that the things that Cy Hirsch has printed, because they're attached to names of individuals with very serious allegations, which are essentially of war criminality, he has now entered fully the libel spectrum of the world, right? He's never going to be sued for libel for this because they will never allow this to go anywhere near. That's a good court. point.
0: Yeah, right? why don't they sue him
4: for libel? Yeah, the second thing is this. It's that the double catch on this is that it's not just about hey here's a re- here's a now an opportunity for Republicans to take down Joe Biden, because the because this encompasses it goes way beyond Democrats. This now includes the sanctioning of any form of violence through state-sponsored mechanisms which go cross-party. Because I bet you right that one of the defences of these people operating in these environments, making these choices, is that they can say. If you take us down, we'll take down the entire legitimacy of the of the, of the of, of any administration and all of you who voted for war funding of Ukraine then we'll make you all look as guilty as we are right because we we can spin this in this way and well, I believe that that will stop loads of Republicans from politically capitalizing on this. Because of the obvious thing is if it's totally partisan and contained on a partisan basis, oh, yeah. Republicans could take out um, the president. And then, in fact, I'm sure that this would be grounds for some form of impeachment, because what it is, is international terrorism sanctioned from, from Biden's office by well, Biden.
0: And what's what's so hypocritical about the legacy media, like this article I'm reading in The Insider, is here. here here's one of their problems. The central claims of the 5200-word article appear to be based on a single source who's described only as having direct knowledge of the operational planning. Asked by TASS about his source, Hirsch refused to reveal their name, but said it's a person who, it seems, knows a lot about what's going on. Now, (laughs) it's amazing that this bothers them, that it's just one source that he's not naming. Yet how many times has the legacy media, has the left-wing media um, tried to make a point and actually canceled people and brought people down by, by citing anonymous sources. Yeah. How many times have we seen that over the last three, Correct. four years? In Russia, Russia, Russia. Anonymous yeah. sources, anonymous sources, and they've destroyed reputations, destroyed yeah. careers over anonymous sources. It's okay when they do that. But Hirsch, who's saying, I have a source, but I'm not naming him, is showing that he's full of shit this
4: is how hypocritical these people are yeah but i mean obviously deep throat was an anonymous source wasn't it but that yeah, was of course yeah of course and and basically nobody ever sort of had a problem with that source being protected up until the point uh up until i think, I think if i remember rightly the, the source decided to out himself right um many years later i think but I could be wrong and and so and if you if you literally type in anonymous source to the internet to the internet you're going to get shit tons of media on both sides of your fence, right? Stuff you like and stuff you don't like using that technique. But the thing is, why well, I, I I take umbrage with, with the anonymous sourcing thing, because it can be used in a totally illegitimate way. And nobody, no journalist is really, to be honest, ever held to account for anything they write, which is why it's more important to be first than it is to be right in journalism, right? And And that's the problem that you have to accept. But in terms of real source protection, yes, using an anonymous source is what sources expect to be unless they're prepared to be on the record. Right. Right. And then also one of the other ways that you protect the source is to not reveal in the article, how many real sources you've got and how, and which of the sources gave you, which of the information, because if I've got six sources, I protect all six of them by pretending that there was only one. Right. And then, and then, and then the CIA is looking at this game, Which one source, if it's just one source, which one source knew about the Panama diving operation, the Norwegians, the name of this ship, the type of strike, the type of weapon, the type of trigger, the timing and the timing of the detonation? Nobody knew all of those things. So so he's saying it's one source, but we can't pick anyone from any this office, this office, this office or this office, because it couldn't have been any one of them. Right. So then shit, how many sources are we dealing with? We don't know. That's a key source protection technique. So anybody, there's a guy in the comments here saying, oh, he's only picked one source. That's weak. Well, you don't even know if that's true. Right. And, and Hirsch can be using that as a legitimate way to protect two or more sources, or actually it might just be one source who's very senior and actually did have, have enough, have oh, enough but- over the whole thing. Who knows? And the legacy
0: media is constantly doing this, right? They're constantly saying anonymous sources. How do you know when yeah. they say anonymous sources, they're not just talking about one source or zero yeah. sources and just making yeah. it up totally. You know, that's Look, look at the Harvey Weinstein thing, right? There's, also, there's a movie she said was about the Harvey Weinstein thing and how the New York Times exposed it. But they really had no real case until they found people who would actually go forward with it, right? That's when they started to really they – would, they wouldn't even print anything about it until they had someone at least who would – who would be named? Who would be willing to be named? Right? And was it actually Judd? I think she's also in the movie. So sometimes you have to name sources in order for people to believe what you're saying is true, especially when it comes to like destroying someone's career, right? Taking someone down, and they do that these days with reckless abandon with anonymous sources. Debra Santos just spoke about it a couple of days ago. They're constantly doing this They're saying, "Oh, anonymous sources say this, anonymous sources say that," and it ends it ruins careers, right? It, it destroys people, it cancels people, and they have no problem at all doing their anonymous source bullshit. Yet, when someone else does it, when it's part of a narrative they don't believe in or they don't want to buy into or they don't want to promote, they say, oh, he's full of shit because he said one source and he won't name them. It's, come on. The fact of the matter is, like you said, this is done all the time. When they do it, it's fine. When someone else does it, it's not fine, right? So, but, but once again, I'm getting down to the bottom line here. If I'm a real journalist, I want to know the truth. This is a huge groundbreaking, like you said, story that can make you, your whole worldview explode, right? Why not investigate it and find out what's going on? It's just so fucking lazy. It's just so easy just to say, well, the White House said this, Hirsch is a kook, end of story, right?
4: Yeah, and and and, the, and, the, and another technique is that, you, you know, that, that most people basically don't have enough of a view of the media to catch Ned Price's specific denial on C-SPAN or whatever the outlet is, right? And they won't necessarily type into YouTube something that will bring that research back up, result back up. So what do you do? You just don't let it get into any of your partisan mainstream media. So most people don't see it. Cy Hirsch has published himself on Substack. So he's got total editorial, personal control. He's not beholden, but he's also doesn't have large circulation. So you're into... Just people just hoping that they get forwarded or see Say Hersh, or they were all sympathetic to it anyway. Well, the people who are already sympathetic to Say Hersh already have uh, switched on enough to the way the world works that they know that it's more likely that the West attacked the pipelines than the East because the entire business case for one or the other doing it actually sits more in line with the West's behavior, public statements, public claims of satisfaction, and public actual statements of benefit. I mean, this is this is incredible. I mean, this is incredible that. That Victoria Newland has said, I'm I'm happy with that. She also said it will be shut down if if Russia invades. But Biden said exactly the same thing. Um, Blinken has said the same thing, right? They all said it, right? And 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 they all threatened to shut down Nord Stream anyway. And 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 in a presser, Biden said it, and then the, and the journalist said, well, how are you going to do that? Because it's Germany's property. And he went, oh, don't worry, we've got ways. I mean, that was like said in. June, May, April, April, something like that of last year, right? Now, okay, yeah, that, do, but, but that definitely doesn't mean that they did it, right? There's nobody else issuing those kind of threats and then, and then the events happening. So that's prescient. But then, even funnier than this, as an aside, is what was the consequence of shutting this down? Oh, only the largest release of greenhouse gases in any, in any one event, possibly. Well, that makes a bit of a mockery of net zero, doesn't it?
0: Right, absolutely.
4: Sure. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. And that's the scale. That's the scale and richness of of this particular event, right? But, you, but do you really want, does anybody really want that penetrating uh, and, and, and getting into the, the head of the average working voting dude to the point where they lose, they literally go shit this has been multiply confirmed. It is now true. My government has done something that I could barely comprehend. Well, what's the parallel to that? Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. It's, it, you know, it's the next iteration of that kind of story control. Gate was first, completely false narrative, now phone shown to be false, which means that all of the administration and all of the media were lying. Then Hunter Biden's suppression the lie is in the suppression and the denial which then becomes true and then that opens you up to corruption fraud and buy out of china of the administration itself and then you get this right those three things in less than a decade incredible and and who, the average working stooge who 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 thinks his vote's worth anything you don't want this in his head
0: right right yeah so you know, it's um like I said, this is this is going to be it's interesting how this plays out from here on in. Right. Yeah. How this is going to play out from here on in. But once again, real journalists would 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 take it among, the, you know, would do the would do the, the jobs they're hired to do and really find out, you know, exactly what happened, because it's obviously a huge story. It's obviously a huge story. And Hirsch has done a lot of good work in the past, and there's no way they can deny that. Right. I yeah. mean, this, this guy, he won the Pulitzer Prize in 1970. How many of these journalists who are calling it bullshit won the Pulitzer Prize? None of them, you know, yeah, so, I mean,
4: yeah. An interesting thing about Hirsch is that if you look into his, I mean, I hate to use this, but if you look at Wikipedia, you'll see that he's been the recipient of many journalistic awards, whatever you make of them, and the Pulitzer, you know, can be taken down and, and, and pissed on because it's, it's been given to a lot of people for the wrong reasons as well, and it's been devalued. But also, even his Wikipedia page is constructed in a way that is almost the standard template of a takedown. So he he is credited as being a My, the Milai My guy a long time ago in the Pulitzer, mm-hmm. and then and then there's basically pointed certain criticisms of his other aspects of his other stories that kind of start to sort of undermine his integrity. Yet, really, he's he's a guy who's got some of the highest journalistic integrity that you can get. And the funniest bit about it is that when you look at his. Um, so, somebody in Michael Tracy's room earlier tonight was saying, um, you know, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was saying, Well, why didn't the New York Times or the Waypo take this? And it's like, for fuck's sake, the New York Times or the Waypo would have spiked the story, they of would course. never have published it, right? Yeah. Because they're establishment units, right? Of course, and 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 this is the funniest thing about Hirsch at 85 he's his substack has been his way of transcending all editorial control to do his unbridled job right assuming it's true let's assume it's true for a start and and he and he's been completely uncontrollable because of substack or um, another you no know, any outlet like that has given him total editorial control and even at 85 he has done a better job of journalism than practically any other journalist in existence right now for 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 for, for putting this story investigating the story getting those sources or source and then and then publishing this if this is true right he he has shamed the entire rest of journalists because they haven't done this themselves
0: well and this is i'll, I'll end with this i do want to get wind the show down but uh the world socialist website do you know world mm-hmm. org? They, yeah. they, they, pope, they 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 are backing him up, um, and they said that uh, he. And they, they put up his credentials. Seymour Hersh is a journalist of the old school, representing what is now an almost non-existent type—a dogged investigative reporter. He does not submit his articles for vetting by the CIA. He has exposed or contributed to revealing some of the greatest crimes in American history, including the My Lai massacre during the Vietnam War. Uh, 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 the Watergate scandal and the prison abuse at Abu Ghraib, Based on Hersh's journalistic record spanning decades, there's every reason to believe his account. It confirms what the WSWS wrote at the time, asking the question, qui bono, who benefits? And they write the whole thing. And they said, the American media, however, rushed to utilize the attack on the pipeline to promote the anti-Russia campaign. Russia is opening a new front on its energy war against Europe, declared the Washington Post on September 27th. Of last year, just cite one example. First, it weaponized gas supply, halting shipments, including via the Nord Stream pipeline. Now, it may be attacking the energy infrastructure it once used to ship its energy. Um, hirsch's revelations blow apart the entire narrative of the war, repeated endlessly by the Biden administration and the entire U.S. media. They make clear that planning for the attack on the Nord Stream pipelines began months ahead of Russia's invasions of Ukraine. The Russian attack was ne- was merely the pretext to put into place plans that had been developed since the 2014 coup in Ukraine which was followed by a massive program of military armament in preparation for war. So you do have certain publications out there obviously they're not the legacy media publications <clears throat> who believe him you know and are and are, are backing his uh and are backing his account and have good reasoning why the US would have done this and would have benefited like they said qui bono, who benefits. Um, the, Russia had no motive to destroy the Nord Stream pipeline. Russia's Gazprom conglomerate owned half the pipeline, alongside German, French, and Dutch shareholders, and the pipeline was at the heart of Moscow's plan to rebuild economic ties with Europe, if an end the war with NATO in Ukraine ended. For Washington, the bombing presented two benefits. Firstly, coming amid the NATO military escalation against Russia and Ukraine, it would help fuel more anti-Russian war propaganda. Exactly. Secondly, by making Europe more dependent on U.S. natural gas imports. To replace Russian gas, it corresponded to a major U.S. aim in the Ukraine war from the outset to bring Europe more firmly under U.S. control. These aims have increasingly come into the open in recent years. All sounds pretty legit to me.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, what, one thing just on on, on on the nature of publishing. His, his um, publishing on the Syrian... False flag chemical attacks that were in in Duma that were um that he broke where he said this is this these are false reports that was published in all places in the London Review of Books and so was his take on the killing of Osama bin Laden which both of which have been proven to be correct and you've got to and it was asked at the time when I was reading these stories why the fuck is that in the London Review of Books because he has been sidelined from the mainstream press. And now yep. the beauty is that Substack frees him, and he's still at, at his age. He's still shitting on every other journalist around, and that's 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 something that should set the bar for all these people, you know.
0: Gator, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We'll talk more about this. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Always, you know, I can always count on Gator to bring up something I'm not talking about. And I can't talk about everything. I don't know. Everything is going on there. And like Gator said, this has really been shielded. I don't even look. I'll I'll watch once my show ends here. But I don't know if Fox is even talking about this, you know. So once again, but Fox, most people on Fox, except for maybe Carlson and Ingram, are pro-Ukraine, right? So they're not going to talk about this. They wear Ukraine, American flag pins on the show, like Brian Kilmeade, very disappointing. Um, so you're probably only going to hear this stuff, the anti-legacy media view of this whole thing, um, in, in publications like the World Socialist Website, right, and in independent uh, media outlets. So um, Because once again, what we've seen too often is like the Washington Post and New York Times, like as outlined in this article by the World Socialist Website, just taking the side of the of the of, of, of big government, of the man, of the narrative, of the of the narrative coming out of the White House. Right. Of the establishment narrative. That's the narrative. That, that's the water they carry. They carry the water for basically the White House. Right. For the Biden administration. So they call Seymour Hirsch crazy and The Washington Post just repeats what they say. Right. They say there's nothing to this story and they just repeat what the, what the White House says. They repeat the line the p they are a PR arm. Of the white house of the dnc they do not do any of their own investigative journalism they don't even have the balls to write those two simple paragraphs that the world socialist website writes asking who benefits from this and then they go through it like real journalists would it's really i mean we've gotten to the point now like i've said many times journalism's dead and yes yes as trump said the end of the, the media the legacy media, as it's currently constructed, is absolutely enemy to the people, because they don't get the real information out to the people. They don't. They don't. They 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 push the narrative they want to push. And as we saw during COVID, how many people suffered from that, right? And we'll talk more about all that tomorrow. This is this is a record show, a record show, two and a half hours. This is a new record. Um, I want to remind everybody that this show is titled And Let's Be Heard, and it airs Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. If you're like Gator over there on the other side of that huge, huge pond we call the Atlantic Ocean. Um, And once again, this is Mike Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.